0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. As you can see, I should be on American Idol with how beautiful my voice just sounded right there. Hey, this is an awesome episode, by the way. Uh, By the way, we just started. It's Rob Z Radio. This is with Derek Walkney. Derek uh, is a, a musician, singer, songwriter, hair model. He's not a hair model, but he could be beautiful hair. Uh, And he's listened to me for a long time. So I I was on the radio for many years in central Pennsylvania. Uh, He listened to me many years. We've connected a couple of times. And uh, he just was on American Idol. He's been traveling the country, doing his thing, making music, making beautiful music for the ladies out there. And uh, he's back in central Pennsylvania. So I hit him up and I said, Derek, why don't you come in here, walk me. Let's talk about the band. Let's talk about you, what's going on in your life. We ended up having an awesome conversation that transcended music. Uh, transcended artificial intelligence and we got into many awesome and odd pieces of conversation So I really hope that you guys enjoyed this one before we get there, let's get here to our sponsors of the podcast who make this thing happen Like the Clay Cup at 1304 11th Avenue in Altoona Facebook and Instagram at the Clay Cup Sarah Vogel runs the show and the whole crew is amazing at the Clay Cup I always feel like a part of the family I feel so welcomed when I walk in there uh, Food, pastries, all kinds of deliciousness plus delicious creativity for you to get your hands on pottery painting watercolor classes uh you can you know you can get a piece of pottery you can paint it you can fire it in sarah's kiln at the clay cup and take it home and uh, have your coffee and tea right out of your own fired kiln product that you had at the clay cup in altoona Uh, shout out to trade secrets 1223 13th avenue in altoona if you're looking for body care products that don't have weird chemicals added, that won't give you weird allergic reactions, Steph and Andy make those at Trade Secrets. Secrets and Trade on Facebook. Instagram is uh, Trade Secrets underscore Skincare. I love the all-natural deodorants, the bath bars, the whipped body butters are wonderful as well. And the Comics Vault, 1130 12th Avenue in Altoona. Comic books for every comic book lover out there. And free comic book day is May 5th, the Comics Vault. Altoona on Facebook and Instagram. Let's start the show. One, two, three, four. This is Rob Z Radio. You're freaking right, it's Rob Z Radio. Hello. Uh, so I'm going to start this off by introducing Derek, because by the time I started recording, we were already deep in conversation, and uh, this happens sometimes in the podcast, where uh, we started talking and talking and talking and talking, and I'm like, oh, for the love of God, I've got to record this conversation. So we we missed a good 30 minutes of us just chatting it up. So I started rolling, we started talking, and right as we uh, I started rolling, we were talking about American Idol, which uh, Derek Walkney had just been on. And I, I was talking a little bit about Josh Gallagher, and how uh, Josh Gallagher was on The Voice. So Josh Gallagher also local to Central Pennsylvania. So a lot of great musicians are coming out of Central Pennsylvania lately. I am not one of them, uh, but I do have a deep passion for music. So I was kind of saying to, to Derek, like Josh Gallagher was on The Voice. He got all sort of local notoriety. Uh, he had concerts like Josh Gallagher in concert, you know, and he's a pretty popular figure in the area after The Voice. Uh, Derek, who's on American Idol, Uh, I didn't see as much publicity for him locally and we kind of, that's where the conversation was as we began. So, let's send it right over to this conversation and enjoy.
1: You know, it's not Josh Gallagher, like, I think he got like
0: it's like walking on 10. water.
1: He got like top 10 or something, didn't he? Like Oh, as
0: far as the song goes? Oh, no,
1: as far as like him being on the show. Like, I believe they actually showed his story oh. and showed his auditions. For me, like, they just used me in the ads because I guess they thought my hair looked cool. I don't know. <laughs> like, it was, yeah. So,
0: wait, how, f- f- how many episodes were you on? Um. Well, they, it was like
1: the first, I don't know how many episodes it was because I think they did two a week. But um, they would like show like a two-second clip of me at the beginning and then like a two se- second clip of me like halfway through and all like cuz then then we're like looking online everyone's like oh my god are they going to show Derek today then they never did wonder um, why um i mean i don't i think be a couple reasons one i don't i don't know if my audition was like the greatest compared to some of these people man like those those people like going into like being there it made me kind of realize that like i wasn't i'm not as good of a vocalist as i think that i am <laughs> but i also have something that's like way different then, like, all it's more the
0: and, natural emotion, just, yeah, everything that comes like, through it.
1: Like the way I uh, the way I think about it, I'm like, would Anthony Kiedis be on uh, American Idol? No. Right. Like yeah. I knew I kind of knew it wasn't for me. Whenever like we had like our briefing at Hollywood Week, and they were like, you know, you will get um, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar prize and a record contract with Hollywood Records. And I was like, hold on a second, I thought it was a million. And Hollywood Records. I'm like, isn't that? I'm like, oh man, this is a Disney show.
0: <laughs> I was like, I love Disney, but like, you have a Disney sweatshirt on yeah, right now. I got Disney. I mean, you're yeah. rocking Disney as we like, sit here.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, I love Disney. I grew up on Disney. Like Hercules is my favorite Disney animated movie. But like, the way that I am, not Disney, <laughs> not Disney, <right? laughs> not yeah. Disney. Like, I like to drink beer and I like to have a good time. And yeah. like, you know, I, I don't know, I. They were like, actually, when I realized it wasn't for me is whenever they had me sit down with, and do a psych evaluation and a background check, and I just had to tell them like all, really? pretty, every crazy story I've ever like been involved in. Really? Yeah, just because like, they're like, we don't want, like, like, I ended up getting arrested like last ho- Halloween for okay. just being like drunk at a concert, and it was really stupid, but like. <laughs> it's a good rock they, star story. Yeah, it was 1975. I hope that I get to meet them one day and tell them. That oh, yeah. Yeah, it was bad, man. That was like part that that was kind of the very beginning of my transformation from like Walkney as Derek and Aaron to like Walkney as just me, Walkney. Like I, I got in a lot of trouble. Like, not a ton of trouble, like I ended up getting charged with a felony and yeah. like misdemeanor and all this stuff. Really? And it made me realize like I only got twenty five hours of community service. I was really lucky. Like I didn't get any fines, I didn't get anything, it was just like trespassing. What did Probably- you do at the concert? Well, I got kicked out. I was crowd surfing with a gin and tonic, and (laughs) I blacked out. I don't remember what happened, and I I just, I guess I thought that my friend was working at the concert, and I, in my stupor, thought that I could hop the 16-foot security fence into the bus area and make it back into the venue. Yeah, that wasn't, like, the best idea I ever had. (laughs) Woke up in a jail cell. I was, like, really freaked out. I didn't know, like, what was even going on. And then, like, they told me everything that happened. Like, I had to sit in front of the judge, and I got a felony charge. And I was like, whoa, like, my life could be over. Mm -hmm. Like, I hadn't gone—so I went to, like, a couple hearings. They ended up giving me 25 hours of community service, a slap on the wrist. And they were like, you know, just watch yourself and do this. And so I ended up going to do my community service at an assisted living home, and I was doing, like, music therapy with dementia patients. Oh, that's cool. And it kind of, like, made me realize that I was, like, I was getting off my path. Like, I was going way too hard and just, like, having too much fun. And I wasn't, like, thinking about, you know, like, what I really set out to do is, like, affect people's lives and change people's hearts with music. And yeah. it just, like, blew me away that, like, these ladies, like, didn't even recognize their own kids. But we'd sing That's Amore, or, like, Frank Sinatra or something. They just, like, knew every word and they're, like, Just, like, it affected them and made them so happy because it kind of, like, anchored them to, like, real life.
0: Yeah, music Uh, does that for Alzheimer's patients, dementia patients. That's crazy. Absolutely. It's crazy how, like, something can affect you
1: and, like, even whenever your mind is gone, like, still music can stick with you forever.
0: Yeah, and put you back to a place. Like, you know exactly where you were. Yeah. You know, you heard it. Exactly. And
1: these ladies, like, they were, like, all so sweet and it kind of just, like, I was like, man, like I need to do more for other people. I've been like kind of selfish for a while. Um and then one of the tenants um sons, he's like he plays baritone sax in this blues band. He was like, dude, why don't you come out to our open mic jam night and play a song? And I was like, Okay, cool, like I'll go out and I'll play acoustic play a song or two by myself. So I get there and it's like an eight piece blues band. It's like upright bass, drummer, keyboard player, baritone tenor, saxophone, two guitar players and uh, i think a viola player and so i have this song called ready which is um one of the, it was the first song i tried out with uh for american idol it was actually one of the songs i got to sing to the judges and um i just like was about to play it and the guy taps me on the shoulder he's like what key's the song in and i was like oh man like these guys are about to play with me so then we played three songs, and I just ripped these songs with this massive band, yeah. and I was like, "That's what I need to be doing. Like, I need to like walk in like Chuck Berry with my guitar and my right. backup band be there and like just be ripping with like professional musicians." I realized I was kind of screwing around for a long time, and it was just like it kind of opened my eyes and was like, "Whoa, you can do way more than just make pop punk, pop rock, alternative rock music." It's yeah. like kind of really opened my eyes to like more of the blues and, like, the jazz elements and things that I love about my voice uh-huh. and uh, just kind of sent me on a path of, like, obsession with horns and Amy Winehouse. <laughs> uh, I don't
0: know. <laughs> How cool is that, though, dude? Because that's where, like, the real music is, right? I mean, that's uh, the that's where you find the most pure music. I mean, that's where, like, rock came from and everything yeah. sort of started to originate from.
1: Yeah, I mean, blues and jazz are, like, the two giant, like... They were the very beginning. I think of America. They're everything. They're in every type of music that came out of America. Like
0: yeah,
1: going to going to New Orleans to try out for American Idol and like um, just being there was my first time ever like spending time in New Orleans. I got to go to like the French Quarter, and just like explore the entire city. That place is insane. It's a pirate town. Mm -hmm. It's like I would the way for people who have not been uh, to New Orleans. The way I would describe it is it's like Tortuga and Pirates of the Caribbean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just, it's at least like that strip where, right. like all the bars. Um, it's that insane. But it's like, it's so cool. There's so much history there, like with all the music that came out of there and mm-hmm. just like the culture in general was like, I definitely felt an energy when I was there and it was like, kind of cool to see, you know, that like that place is where a lot of like jazz music and American music came from, you know, just the bayou. Mm-hmm. Oh my stomachs! It's if there. you hear
0: a little grumble, so we didn't even <laughs> introduce the podcast really. Yeah, well, you, and I'm, not, I'm just not, usually I play an intro and stuff. We're not going to do that because we're already <laughs> deep into good conversation. <laughs> so uh, Derek Walkney's here. Derek, uh, you—you've been in. So anybody listening to the podcast who's not from Central Pennsylvania, grew up in Central Pennsylvania. You were in a band called the Big Time for a long time. Switched That's over sweet. to Walkney, uh, and uh, honestly. You, how did you? You found you used to listen to me on the radio. Is yeah. that how I first met you at Galactic Ice <laughs> at Ice Skate when I was like 10.
1: How funny is that? And you were like interviewing kids, and I probably like screamed something ridiculous <laughs> into the mic. You're like, okay, well, next person. <laughs> right. But yeah, I remember that. I think that was my first time I ever saw you in person. But yeah, dude, I've heard you on the radio forever. I was listening to the Hot 100 on the way here, and I was like, oh man, Rob's not even on anymore. Like, this sucks. It's like gaped. I'm going to you escape. <laughs> oh, that's man. so
0: funny though, man. I you know that, that when you and um who was your your bandmate? You Aaron. guys came in, Aaron came in to the studio and that was probably 2 years ago. That was like 2 years ago. So I was still on the radio and you guys came in and you told me that and I was like, "Wow, that's you know, being a still a small town radio DJ it was really it, it hit me like, "Damn, I've made uh, an impression on a lot of kids' lives throughout the years just from being yeah. on the air." Which, you know m- means a lot to me but also uh, when I put it in the full scope which is what you're talking about like, like put it in the full scope of like being like really famous and really big and and the bigger you get you start to realize um, that the, the nice thing to realize is when I meet meet people that are moderately famous or whatever they're just people yeah like you put people up on pedestals and you're like absolutely people would tell me that about the radio like oh man you're on the radio like I can't What's that like? I can't believe like you have the studio and the microphone and everything, and it's it's not that big of a deal. It's just yeah, and, it's and just you're going it, to L.A. And, and you're on American Idol, and and it, yeah. did it feel like a big deal when you were on? Like, dude, I I mean when
1: when I didn't realize how big of a deal it was until like I kind of like was in the middle of my performance and was like, oh my god, there's like thirty cameras around.
0: Yeah, right, I guess and that. It, would, until
1: yeah. I walked into the room with like the celebrity judges, but it really, dude, it just felt like another thing. You know, like those people
0: are just. Normal people, and like yeah, when you're a kid, you think of celebrities like what do they do all day? You know Mm -hmm. what? How what's their life like? And they don't really yeah. I mean, some people, some celebrities
1: are just normal people, and they're just going out throughout their day. But like what I learned, like being in that experience, the American Idol experience, like someone like Katy Perry, like a lot of people were hating on Katy Perry for that show. They Mm -hmm. like cut it together, and like I don't know, like there was a lot of drama around her, but like she's up at five a.m. every day, and she's working around the clock to Mm -hmm. grind it like you like it's one thing to like get famous but to stay famous like it's a full-time job and it's Mm -hmm. like so much work so like it made me realize that like she is just a normal person but she's not because she's got the nuts to like go after it and that's what separates the people like regular people from i guess people who get that type of fame fame or success is like um you just normal people are afraid and, like, they want to see people who aren't afraid because they, they, they're they like, oh, man, like, I wish I could do that. It makes them feel like, you know, whenever they support something like that, it makes them feel like they're doing it themselves. Yeah. And, like, my buddy Kenny, Kenny Lewis, shout out, uh, he told me, like, there was a while where I was, like, I wasn't putting out music. I was in the transitional period. And he was like, dude, you just can't be scared. Like, that's what's going to, that's what always separated you from mm-hmm. these other people. It's like that's what inspired people to, like, pay attention to you is that, like, you're unafraid. You just went for it. Yeah, so now I've, like, now that I'm, like, a young man, rather oh. than being, like, a, a teenager, Yeah. it's, like, I feel, like, more confident than ever, like, especially with American Idol. It was, like, kind of, like, the whole time I was there, I kind of, like, took it for granted. And then, like, once I got to Hollywood Week, I was, like, oh, my God, like, this is sick, and I don't want to leave. Right. And by the time it was over, I was, like, man, this rules. But then, like... It kind of, like, everyone was super mad that, like, they didn't show me and that, like, they didn't, like, put me through. But I was pumped because, like, I got to experience it. I got a golden ticket. I got to meet those people. And then, like, because I got cut when I did, my song Lucia Rose got picked up. By now, that's what I call music. So, like, if I would have made it further... I probably would have missed that
0: opportunity. And then you'd be locked into American Idol for how long, right? Yeah, who knows, man. Like, and that's true like you don't have uh, the stigma or the stink or whatever would be called of that on your not saying it's a bad thing, for some people it's great, some people not so much, but like you're not tied to that at all, right? Yeah. I mean you were on it, but you weren't really ex- Yeah, it's like they showed me featured.
1: Yeah, they showed me in ads, they showed my face like they used my hair, the back of my head, for like promos and stuff, but they didn't show any of my auditions. Yeah, and I'm actually kind of glad because I feel like I was in a point where I wasn't really ready. Like,
0: well, you almost didn't even you didn't want to go to the audition. Yeah, I, I was, was forced. I, I think it's just because I, I was
1: nervous. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I I was just like, oh man, like I don't think that I really know who I am as an artist yet, and that's like, that's kind of what, um, in the first audition, the first celebrity audition, um, that's what Katy Perry told me. Mm-hmm. Like I got. Lionel Richie said, well, Luke Bryan said yes, without a doubt. I think you're dope. Katy Perry was like, no way. You've been solo for six months. You need six more. Mm -hmm. These people in this competition are going to rip you apart. Like, you're cool, like, but like, you don't have it figured out yet. Mm -hmm. And Lionel was like, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know what you are. I'm sure we could figure it out. But like, that's the worst thing someone could tell you in the industry is like, they don't know what you are. Right. And like, that kind of was like, oh man, like I gotta define myself. But at the same time, I was just like, man, I don't want to do. I don't want to define myself. <laughs> I, I want to have freedom to do whatever I want. But
0: yeah, they well, you up- don't have to. You can. Yeah. that's that's part of the freedom is defining yourself. Yeah, so you just do whatever true. the hell you want and figure it out.
1: Yeah, it's very true. So it was like a very nerve wracking moment. I remember like she was like, no, it's no for me. Lionel Luke was like, absolutely, and. And then Lionel was just like, I didn't really, you asked like, how did I think it was a big, did I feel like it was a big deal? The, the moment where I realized that I was on television was whenever Lionel was like, well, let's go to a vote. And they did their vote. And he's like, well, Derek. And then he paused for like 15 <laughs> seconds. And I looked around. I'm like, oh my God, there's cameras everywhere. He's like, you're going to Hollywood. We'll see you there. And I was just like, I freaked out like I was and they, pretty then they
0: pan to the back where your family's going crazy watching a monitor yeah. or something like on TV. Oh, they
1: had me mic'd up. They have like they had me mic'd up. I didn't even realize that like I was cursing out of the storm. And I was like, "Oh man, I'm still on camera. I'm still being mic'd cuz you sign waivers that they can use your likeness in any way shape or form." Yeah. So like that's really what scared me about the whole thing. That's kind of what made me not like go full force into it because I was just like, "What am I signing away?" mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, like I like I read the contracts and I they weren't really contracts, they're more like waivers. I read all the stuff, but like I was like, I should have a
0: lawyer here. Right. Like But they're banking on just the
1: the kids that are just like oh man blown it. away by yeah. just being there. So yeah. of
0: course you're gonna sign whatever. Yeah. It's it was, like the terms for iTunes, right? You're like, I just wanna do the damn thing. I'm just going to say – I'm going to accept whatever they throw in front of me. I don't, I'm not going to read all this shit.
1: Yeah, and then you, all your information's getting stolen yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> oh, who even knows what's happening with
0: – So this might be like a, a, a multiple-part question because I'm curious about like what your answer is going to be because you said like you still are figuring out who you are as an artist. You've For been sure. doing this since you were 14. So you're almost a decade into it, right? Yeah. Did you start playing guitar and singing when you were 14 or were you doing it before 14?
1: Um. Well, I took guitar lessons when I was 10 – um, I got my first guitar, and then I took lessons at this place called Richie's Music. I just walked there after school, and then um, the place ended up shutting down. Yeah, I remember so, Richie's. So then, like, I, I didn't do guitar lessons anymore, and then when I was about 14, 13, 14, I went to shows at a place called the Eldolin Terrace in mm-hmm. Jaggard. I saw Jimmy Mowry playing acoustic, and all the girls were going crazy over him, <laughs> and I was like that's what i'm I'm gonna go home so i went home and started like trying to figure out how to play guitar yeah and then i started the band uh the big time when i was going from eighth grade into ninth grade and my friend john just kind of taught me stuff started teaching myself so 14 is when i really started singing and playing guitar that was like that's so awesome definitely
0: because i I got in radio when i was 16 and before i was in radio i like did fake radio shows in my bedroom like that was kind of my thing um but but you said about not being able to find yourself as an artist like I can, I can totally relate, man, because I'm 34 and I still, like, doing this podcast, this is, I'm getting closer yeah. to what I think I really want to do, right? I'm, I'm inching, I was in radio for such, such a long time and uh, I always knew, like, I enjoyed doing it and it was a fun job, but it was not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I, it, I knew it wasn't what I was meant to do, Yeah. but it was in the realm. Like, it yeah. was media, it was audio, it was, like, my thing, but it wasn't exactly what I wanted, so... uh. You're on a much faster path than I ever was. I took about a decade off where I just pretty much – I didn't focus that hard on yeah. it. I was in fear. It was a lot of fear, just being yeah. scared of, like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to sound like? Who am I? All this crap. And yeah. and the more you take time to focus on it, the clearer it becomes yeah. faster.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I, I've kind of come to the terms with the fact that, like, I don't think that I'll ever, like – it's it's not that I can't find myself. It's that I find joy in the exploration. Like mm-hmm. that's where I'm like, oh man, like I created something completely brand new and so outside, so far outside of what people would expect from me. Like that's the stuff that excites me. And so like what I've kind of started doing as a rule of thumb is if something feels a little bit scary, mm-hmm. that's what I run towards mm-hmm. because those are the things that kind of like. I don't know. Those are the things that are fun for me, and and they end up being. You're taking yourself out of that comfort zone. Yeah, and asking. As- yeah, asking myself why they scare me is a big thing, and it, it, most of the time it's because it's like true and honest, and like a full, like a real expression, like something that's really expression coming from me. I feel like, the reason people loved the big time was that I was just like writing my feelings. And people were like, "Wow, like he's vulnerable." Then, like I kind of gotten this this mo- this mentality where I was like, "I gotta just write bangers. I gotta write hits." <laughs> and Then, like I, that kind of like took me off the path of like writing actual good songs for a while. And then was that while you were in the
0: big time still?
1: Or was that like- yeah, it was like I mean I've been writing for like whatever this next release is for like four years or something. Like we we tried. It was crazy. Like with the big time. We had an EP called "Imaginary Heart," and that was like what kind of like that was our last one. That was the one that kind of like got us a lot of attention. And then once that ended, um, I recorded like an acoustic EP. Ended up scrapping that, except for the song "North," which is up on my Spotify. Then we went to record an EP with a guy named Ace Ender's in New Jersey. Ended up scrapping that because it just wasn't cool. Like it wasn't right. It didn't feel right. And then. Aaron, my ex-bandmate, and I tried to record a full-length on our own. Ended up scrapping that. So like,
0: so you this is all unreleased stuff.
1: Yeah, all unreleased, and like in between all those things, there's even more songs that like we didn't pick to record. Um, But then once Aaron and I split up and went our separate ways, I just started believing in myself more, Mm -hmm. and like writing for myself because before when I was in a project with other people, I was the sole songwriter, and I was basically writing for the judge and jury. It was like. I'm writing to try to, like, capture, like, how everyone... Oh, man, there goes my stomach.
0: Jeez. <laughs> I don't think anybody can hear it on yeah, microphone. I sure, like, hope, I, hear it. I sure hope not. We should get a mic up to yeah, it. Yeah. Pick put, it up every time.
1: It sounds like a demon growl. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I mean, it, it was cool. Like, it, it definitely, like, got me away from thinking, oh, what are these guys going to think of this? And then, like, if some. Like I would be writing a song and I'd love it and I'd be absolutely in love with it and then I'd show it to all my boys and they just wouldn't get it
0: mm-hmm.
1: or they would just be like ah that's lame and so it would just like break my heart and right. I'd be like all right back to the drawing board but now it's just like all right cool I think that's dope let's put it up right and that's now that's what it is right like, it yeah is. yeah that's what you have to do, do you know Gary Vee is oh yeah of course like, he's like an advocate for that like 100 he's like if you're a musician you should be putting out a song every single day yeah I'm like man that's kind of that's a Very high standard to hold
0: yourself to. But say like, uh, but but dude, think about the fact that you have all this unreleased, you worked on all these albums that never got released. You went to these studio sessions, did all this work that never got released. There's probably a lot of quality and a lot of you left in a lot of that music that other people out there would connect to. But just because for whatever, you didn't feel it? Like you listen back to it and you are like, ah, I don't know. Because that was you at the time, right? I mean, even if it's not you afterwards, you listen back, you're like, oh, that... I can you can connect to where you were at that point. Yeah, I think that it was
1: it was definitely like, it was all just like a growing experience and learning experience. Like when the big time ended, I was really, I was the singer and the songwriter, but like I wasn't an incredible guitar player. Like I couldn't, like I could mess around and write songs, but like I wasn't like a lead guitar player. And going to record with Ace Enders and do that first EP taught me a lot about, he taught me a lot of stuff on guitar. So that was like, Part of the growth in my guitar playing. And then recording with Aaron, it was just he and I. And I never had to like play all the lead stuff, all the bass, like all that that stuff. And that kind of like was a growing experience for me too. And so I look at it, I'm like, oh man, this stuff's kind of like not great. But now that I've like gotten so much better, now I've kind of started to define who I am as an artist and figure out like what I do best. Now I revisit a lot of those songs and I'm like, hey, these are still my songs. There's still like good ideas here, and I can take any of those at any given time and you know rework it and put it out. So I feel like yeah. I've been like building my like arsenal of music for like a long time, and now I'm just like exploding to like put it out. I'm just like,
0: <sighs> yeah, but there's there's like you're anticipating what's coming. And there's, like, not enough time also. Do you find there's not enough time in the day? I run into that, like, every single day of my life. There's never
1: enough time. And
0: (laughs) and that switched from... Did you you have a real job at any point in time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I worked for McCloskey's Builders for, like, eight years. like Doing general contract. They, They were, like, my first real job, like... I started working there when I was, like, 16, just, like, sweeping the shop, like, to buy my first... And, like, cleaning trucks to buy my first guitar amp. Okay. And then Sam was such a nice guy, and he would, like, let me come and go, and go on tour and come back so that was like that was the definite like that was my first taste of like hard work and I loved like every day I'd wake up and like we'd go to a different place and do something new but but in the back of my head I was like if I don't kill it with music this is gonna be my life until my body stops working right so I need to like grind it and I need to get out of here and um, Sam was always, like, my boss was really inspiring, like, because he would always sit down with me and be like, all right, well, you got to stay on this path. I was reading this Bruce Springsteen book, and this is what he did, and, like, think of this job as temporary. Like, don't think that, like, you're going to stay here forever. And it was, like, yeah. really cool to be in a supportive...
0: But it's also, pretty rare.
1: Yeah, it was also a very, very different environment for someone like me. Like, it's all these, like, big, manly men, and I'm just, like, this skinny, girly boy. <laughs> and, like, we just, like... Oh, like I don't know, going to Bishop Guilfoyle, it kind of made me like able to, which
0: is the everybody Ca- doesn't know Catholic yeah, school, Catholic school, and yeah. L- Tuna like, uniforms. A lot
1: of my friends are just into different stuff. I was into emo music. Oh man, I'm sorry about that.
0: I'm in, I was, in, I'm into
1: emo music, and I'm like going to shows and stuff. But a lot of these guys are just like riding four wheelers, playing mm-hmm. sports. We're all different, but like we all kind of like it made me realize that like everyone's kind of just like people, and like it doesn't really matter what, you know. You believe it's, like, as long as everyone's, like, kind and cool with each other, you can always find things in common,
0: even if you are completely polar opposites. Yeah. And, uh... Especially when you're one-on-one with somebody. That's when you kind of figure that kind of stuff out, right? Like, if you feel like you're so different from somebody else and you sit down and talk to them, like, if you're forced in a room together or whatever, you're like, wow, man, we really are not that much different. It's, like, the tiny things that are different that people get all
1: messed up about. And it's just, like... Yeah, it's, those people are looking at it like a glass half-empty perspective. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Well, you were saying about you know have a, the reason I brought up having a real job is what like for me lately over the past year of of having my own business is I used to be staring at the clock like oh I get to go home now sweet, mm-hmm. and now every day is like ah oh, damn dude I have all this stuff I got to get done and yeah. I got to go home like because I, I got I got a son and the wife yeah. and you know so it's like damn it, Like now there's not enough time in the day to do all the things that I want to do, which is a great feeling to have, but also I understand how people end up working themselves to death when you're really passionate about something. Like you said about Katy Perry, Like that's her life. She loves that, so that's all she wants to do 24-7 thinking about that one thing. And um, I think the word obsessed gets a very bad rap. You can be obsessed uh, to a fault, I guess, in some situations, Mm. but... When it's towards something that you love and that you think about all the time, and that's, like, what you base your – your how you make money, how you spend your day, mm-hmm. how you connect with people, how you, like, have a creative outlet, whatever that might be, man, it, there's no better feeling than just to be like, well, I can spend all my time on this. This is where the income comes from. Yep. This is where my life is. Yeah. Like, when you marry your life to that profession or that passion or whatever it is, like, that's that's it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing.
1: It's definitely like what what I've learned over the years is like having a normal job was great and taught me a lot about hard work and you know, showing up and just like not quitting when you feel I'm like, Oh man, it's two thirty, like how am I gonna make it to five? Like just pushing through it. <laughs> but um
0: minute by minute dying
1: inside. But yeah, it's definitely like I think that you said obsessed has a bad uh gets a bad route. I'd I'd use the word dedicated. Mm-hmm. that's, like, kind of – it's kind of, like, the same thing, like, you know, but, like, Katy Perry's just just de- – her entire life is dedicated to that one thing. And it's definitely, like, what you said, it's definitely gratifying to, like, sit back and be, like, wow, like, I can, like – this thing can support itself and I can make money off of it, too. Like, and I can, you know, like, it's – when it shows growth and, like, you see that it's, like, establishing itself and, like, people yeah. are – Kind of paying attention to it too. It's definitely like a, it's like watching your kid grow up. Like, wow, he got his first job working at McDonald's and <laughs> I don't have to give him money anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the, uh, the, sometimes the things that I learned from having real jobs, and I didn't consider radio a real job. I had, I had fun at that job. There's some things I hated about it, but <laughs> I, had, I had fun. Uh, but, The thing I learned, I learned a lot of what I didn't want out of life. Yeah, and that was a that's a huge lesson to get, Mm -hmm. man. Just to figure out like this is exactly what I don't want to be doing every single day. But dude, imagine like you have you were saying before we started recording, like you have girls who have come up to you who have lyrics of your songs tattooed on them. Like that's some real shit. Like that's crazy. How does that? (laughs) That would I don't even know how I'd feel. Be like that. I just want to give you a hug. Like, I'd be like, let's just hug Yeah, because this is amazing. That's really
1: all. I'm just like, holy. Sometimes I'm like, holy shit, my handwriting looks awful. Why did you do that? Like, but it's, dude, it's flattering and it's insane. Like, I remember, like, at first it was, like, the most mind-blowing thing. And then after a while I was like, holy shit, like, all these people keep getting tattoos. And it kind of became, like, a normal thing. Really? And I was Is that like, often. Yeah. Like there's a lot of stuff that like I was exposed to at first that I was like, Oh my God. And then it became like, like all the time type things. Like one thing that I, I definitely was kind of, it's really, really sad, but a lot of people would like message me and like send me like pictures that were like, like self harm and things like that. And at first I was like, Oh my gosh, like I have to comfort people. But then like, After a while, like, I started getting messages like that all the time. Really? And I was like, man, like, I really hope that these people, like, are okay. But, like, I, like, it would be like, message me back or I'm going to kill myself type stuff. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, for every, like, great person that was out there, like, supportive and, like, people that got tattooed and stuff, there's, like, one in every, like, ten there's, like, someone just, like, kind of, like... It was scary to me. Like, I didn't know how that to react. Scary. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you're a
0: 19-year-old kid. You're like, what do I say? Like, And then, like, you extrapolate that. Somebody who has, like, 10 million followers yeah. or, like, imagine I can, the stuff they I can get. can't imagine. But they like, probably don't even see half of it.
1: Well, they they get told, like, in, like, media training and things like that, they get told, like, just not to even reply. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, like, I always try to, like, tell kids. I'm like, I don't want to encourage you to get tattoos of my stuff like if you really want it and you really believe it like it's your body it's your life but you have to realize that like I'm just a dude mm-hmm. and like my handwriting sucks right like <laughs> it, but like when it's like when someone like someone challenged me like written word is so
0: powerful yeah like and especially when it's written in somebody's handwriting right I yeah, mean can, like, type like, and typing it out it all looks the same but yeah you get emotion you get like the person's personality yeah. coming through that
1: yeah and it's just like I'm like blown away every time I see that, and like, lately it's kind of slowed down because I haven't been as active. But now I'm like back in it, and I just encourage people that like make sure you get tattoos done that look really good. Don't don't uh don't go cheat <laughs> Go 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 to a place that's gonna really kill it for you. Cause I've seen some bad tattoos in my day, and. I would, ha- I would hate to be one of the, be a part, hate for me to be one of those bad tattoos. You're associated
0: with that bad tattoo. <laughs> There's
1: been some insane ones, man. Like, this girl got this entire arm piece done. Like, it was like a Rise or Ruin, which was one of my old songs. Like, it just looked incredible. And, like, that stuff, I'm like, man, like, I'm afraid to even get a tattoo. Like, I don't want to <laughs> <Me> commit <too. laughs> to something my whole life. And these kids are, like, yeah, man, committing to my written word that I wrote when I was, like, an 18-year-old kid. I'm like, yeah. It feels like now I have, like, such a responsibility because, like, those people, like, I am bonded to them forever. Yeah. You know, until, or until they get it covered up. And right. <laughs> and they're like, wow, oh, that guy is such a prick. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, like, that was one. There's been so many insane experiences with people, like.
0: And that's crazy because, uh, no, this is not, I don't want you to take this as a I mean, knock, but, like, it's not like you're, like, a nationally huge artist or not. anything. Like, that's on a, that's on a small yeah. regional level that people were getting those tattoos. Like. Yeah. Number One that says of how powerful your music is, oh, right, I mean seriously, it does, and number two, it's like imagine just that, yeah, like that's a small portion of what could be, yeah, yeah, like and, and it's making that big of an impact on a small level
1: exactly like that's like I try like that's why I get scared I'm like, oh my god, i'm gonna be twenty four like I need to do this now. <laughs> That's why like, well, you I'm said 34, I mean, I,
0: yeah. I mean, it, never, it never ends, right? It,
1: it's like that feeling of like there's not enough time in the day, like I have so much to do, like I don't want to lose these people. I don't want to yeah. like But man, like we've had some like like I mean I've toured I've been in forty eight of the fifty states. Like I didn't tour all of them, but I've been all over the place. So I have fans from all over the place and it's so funny, like I'll go and play a show in like Pittsburgh or like somewhere random. And someone's like, "Oh, I drove the whole way here from Iowa to see you." They're like, I flew wow. in from Florida or Texas or like, just like, what in the world? Like, like why? <laughs> because these because pe- like I mean these people are just like so supportive. Yeah. Like, it's so, like there's this one girl that followed a couple girls that like followed my entire tour one time, and I was just like, man, like, what is it that these guys see? That like, cause like a lot of times, like just being a creative person, it's like you go from being like super confident to mm. like super self conscious and be like, why does anyone even care? Yeah, and like I ask myself those questions. I'm like, man, like why do these kids love love me so much? I'm just some dude. Yeah, and
0: yeah, when you live it day to day, you can't see it.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Like I'm glad that like I had a period of time where like after so we did that show at the Jaffa a couple years ago, and then we did a tour during the summer we went out to L.A. and, like, kind of found, like, this rock sound that we were going towards um, when Aaron was still in the band. And, like, after a while, like, I just, like, things got quiet for, like, a year or two. It's been almost three years. Has it really? Yeah, it definitely has. And it kind of, like, gave me an opportunity to, like, step outside of being, like, Derek from The Big Time or Derek from Walkney and be, like, and just, like, kind of, like, figure out who I am as a person, like, just kind of grow up a little bit and, like, just be alone with myself. Not, like, Derek, this guy with all these fans and this band and all these responsibilities. It was, like, I just had to kind of, like, rebuild. And it made me appreciate all those fans and all those people way more because it was, like, I was back in real life. And I'm, like, whoa. Like, I'm so lucky to even have this. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's a time you don't realize it. You kind of take it for granted because you're just like, go, 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 go. But, like, when I had a, I had a year or two to, like, sit and be like, wow. What would you do for
0: that year or two?
1: I worked for a while. I mean, writing, working in, working in the studio still. Mm-hmm. Um, But really it was just, like.
0: You never, like, had a moment where you were going to ditch it. Did you, did you get there? Or was I, I don't. It just-
1: there, there were definitely, like, moments. I mean, I definitely got, like, super depressed. Like, super, there was a lot of, like, I was going through a lot of, like, mental health issues I guess um but like I never felt like I was gonna ditch it but there definitely were moments where I felt like like no one even cares anymore like but what I've realized is that like it's just like whatever type of energy you're putting out that's the type of energy you're going to attract yeah so if I'm like depressed and miserable and not release music not working to like promote what I'm doing and not like being confident then like people were going to be like, oh, well, he is feeling like that. I don't know if I should align myself with him. But then once I, like, started to, like, when I started to rebuild that confidence, I realized that all those people had never left me. Mm -hmm.
0: They were waiting for you. They were
1: waiting for me. And I was like, damn, like, what was I doing? But I am so glad because I needed that time to, like, write and record and just, like, get on my own. Because, like, even whenever I went solo – Like, I still had, like, a lot of friends that were, like, previously involved with the big time that were, like, very heavily involved still. And I just felt like I was, like, I got to learn how to do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I got to learn how to be my own person and not have to depend on other people. Because I was kind of, like, living in a bubble where it was, like, no responsibility. Like, everything was handled for me. Like, and then it, like, kind of when that all stopped and I didn't have a band or even a crew anymore, it was, like, whoa, like. I need to make sure I know how to do this because I don't want to be helpless. Yeah, like that's a terrible feeling. Like I had never like recorded my own music before. <laughs> like I had never like, like I just started like recording and like got like an audio interface and a bunch of stuff and like now I'm like recording my own demos and like doing a lot of my own stuff.
0: Yeah, that just puts the
1: power on your yeah, hands, dude. That's what I've realized. I'm like I gave up so much of like over the years. Like I I never wanted to be solo. Like, that was always, I always imagined myself as being the lead singer of a band, and that's what I wanted, and I always, like, wanted to keep my band and my crew and my boys around and, like, everyone do it together, but I came to realize that it was my dream and not theirs, mm. and so, like, I realized, like, over time, like, I would want to make people feel included, so I would give away pieces of responsibility, I guess power, if you want to call it, mm. and eventually it just got to the point where it was like oh this isn't even like what i want anymore like everyone like this isn't me like what am i what am i doing i'm like not writing for myself i'm not doing things because i'm expressing myself i'm doing things because i want to please my crew and my people yeah and um just yeah i i got away from that now i feel infinitely better yeah like life has changed for me it's done a complete 180 from last year now i'm just like why does all this stuff keep happening to me? Cause you got this a
0: positive is, mindset. You're yeah. moving towards something. And that's what it is, dude. You're moving towards something like you found whatever it is that you, whether you knew it or not, that you needed to find, you yeah. found that thing. Like stuff does happen. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say stuff happens for a reason, but everything, everything that happens, you can learn from and build from mm-hmm. and just like, It just take you forward it's like leaving radio for me was like that It was like i'm jumping off of something that i'm very well established in and i really understand and people know me for that thing Mm. but it's not me and i'm never going to be happy in it like i'm i'm going to be okay i'll be like all right that's fine but i'm never going to be like excited you know i'm never going to wake up in the morning and be like man i can't wait to get in there and do this and that's the that's where i'm getting to with what i'm doing right now is is every day waking up and being like, what can I do today that's going to be awesome, yeah. that I'm going to be super stoked about, and it's also going to make other people happy, and I mean, hopefully I can benefit and help somebody else out along Absolutely. the way. I always felt like, if, because I've loved music my entire life, it's it's the bane of my existence that I've loved music so much, <laughs> but I'm not musically talented, or ever yeah. took the time, I guess, maybe to, to be musically, musically talented, but I always thought that being in a band would be very difficult because you have to collaborate with these other people who probably don't I, I look at the the Red Hot Chili Peppers either mm-hmm. poster up in here they were a rare band that like at least three of the members were diehard fully into that group yeah and they like just on a cosmic level connected with one yep. another so it always made sense what they were doing together absolutely but if you're on a, in a band with people who don't have the same thing yeah. as you do in your head or they want it to sound the way that you want it to sound how do you yeah. do that?
1: Yeah, I think I think that like if you're going to be in a band, like this is what I tell people like I have friends that are like working in projects where it's like two or three members but they don't have a full band or like like all right, we're going to make these songs and then we're going to find the rest of the band. When I tell people, I'm like if you're going to start a band, you need to find four or five dudes or however many people and you all need to get in a room, you got to jam and you got to just like build this thing together because if everyone doesn't have the same skin in the game, then it's not going to work out. Like, the mm. problem with me was that I was writing all the songs. It's like, no wonder these guys are not as psyched about it as, like, they should be. It's like, you know, it should be a collaborative group effort. But You are writing
0: the lyrics and the music?
1: Most, Mostly every Like, I read the, at least the skeleton of the song most of the time. Like, okay. at least the lyrics, vocal melody, the guitar. But as it got... Like as it went throughout the years, like I ended up writing like a lot of lead stuff and bass stuff and piano and all this stuff. But lately, I like to real. I've kind of tried to focus in more on just like the lyric and the melody and the instrumentation. I'm not as like hard pressed on being like I have to write every single note. Like I look at a lot of hip hop artists and a lot of people that are doing things on a major level, mm-hmm. um, and they just like they'll just get tracks in their inbox and mm-hmm. just like crush a vocal track over it. And then that song's done. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, I want to get on that level. Like, I don't want to like sell, I don't think of it as like selling out or like, like being like a phony by like not writing absolutely everything myself. I look at it as like, I'm a solo artist. I'm a singer. If anything, I'm a singer and a songwriter. Mm -hmm. And like, music is all about the collaborative effort. Like, we're we're talking about with a band. It's, like, four people that come together and make some kind of, like, insane thing that only those four people, their energy, could create. Like, doing that, like, working with other producers and other, like, songwriters and things, like, I get to have that collaborative kind of feeling with, you know, whether it's I'm writing a song with someone else, for someone else. Like, it allows me to still, like, collaborate and I, my band is the world like all my friends are in my band now right like i write with anyone like and write for myself or other people like and it just feels good i feel free like when i was in a band i was like i almost felt like i was like cheating on my band when i would like <laughs> go and write with other people because yeah. i've always done that even when i was in like a when i was in the big time like i would go out to la for two weeks and do songwriting sessions with like Songwriters and people, and like none of that stuff ever came out, but it was just
0: I looked at it as like practice. And the rest of the band wouldn't, they would, yes, yeah, just...
1: they, they just would stay back. And that kind of, that's kind of like definitely bummed me out, but yeah. it was like, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, we don't all need to fly out there because no one else is really writing, anyways. It's like, I'll just go, I'll go take this, you guys work if you because that's what like the big thing became like, oh, I can't call off work. And I'm like, dude, I don't even have a job anymore, <laughs> like, I'm just like.
0: Lit, trying to live it, and yeah. Like, detach yourself from that, and that's really hard for a lot of people to do because that's what you're stuck in. That's what we're all in. Yeah, we're all in a job, right? I shouldn't say we all are, but most of the society is in a job, and you're locked into that job, and it's like they they have a good handle on your life. Yeah. But when you can, I don't know how you figured it out, man, because it took me a long time to figure. I'm it still out. figuring it out, and man. I had to like <laughs> study people who did it. Before I did it, because I didn't understand how to do it, because you're so stuck in... Even radio being very creative, it still was a job, and I had to be there at certain hours or certain things I had to get done, and I didn't understand what it was like to be like, oh, I don't technically have a job. I mean, I do have a profession, but it's not like a nine-to-five or whatever. So how did you figure that out? like How did you figure out, okay, well, I'm just not going to have a job, or was it just the way you're designed? As a person.
1: Yeah, I think it's just, I honestly think it's the way I'm designed. Like, I think it's just, like, I'm a very play-it-by-ear type person. Like, I'll do anything I can to, like, Like, I'm not, like, going to stick my nose up. But, like, if someone's, like, hey, can you come and do, like, some work for me, like, house, like, whether it's, like, uh, some odd jobs or, like, cutting grass or, like, walking dogs. Like, I'll do anything I can to, like, try to make money. But, like... I don't know. I I realized that like if I just put all my energy into the music Mm -hmm. and I put all my energy, it's like then I don't really need to like have like anything else. It's like people just being out in L.A. this last uh, couple of weeks, people have told me that exactly. They're like, you know, just live it and work it like you're going to get paid Mm -hmm. and opportunities. Like you already are getting paid. You already are. And like people out there, dude, everyone's got all their they've got their main thing, but then they've got like all these different side hustles and what I've kind of like when I was a kid I was like I'm going to only make music for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and it's like no you're not <laughs> it's <laughs> like that has to be your main goal and focus but you're going to need to do a ton of other things to like try to like just to keep yourself busy you know yeah. like if you're doing music if I'm doing music all day every day for the next 60 years like I'm gonna get burnout on it, or I'm yeah. gonna get stale. Like I've started to do things. Like I saw uh, shot a music video for my friend Moses. Like I started shooting music videos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very rarely, but that was that's one other thing that I work on. Started doing some songwriting for other people.
0: Yeah, you'd be a great um, coach. Got a lot of skin in the game, dude. Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I look at these this this girl Ellie. Her name's Ellie Irwin. She's freaking. She's just like a 15 year old powerhouse singer songwriter, and like. It gets me so psyched to see someone that young, like, so hungry. Like, I want to just give all my knowledge, everything that I know. I want her to just know it all so then she can get five million times further than I was. Yeah. Than I did. When I was 15, man, I was awful. That's the thing a lot of people don't realize. Like, people now are like, oh, man, you're a great singer, and you're doing American Idol and all that stuff. I'm like, dude, when I was 14, like, I was awful. (laughs) Like, it was not something that was, like, this god given talent where i was like oh i can sing from i mean maybe i guess it was like in elementary school they people, like my elementary school teacher like forced me to be in like the school play oh really it, all the, like people tried to push me into it and i always kind of fought it but it was like i didn't it took me almost a decade to get to the point where i am now yeah it's like it's hard it's hard work and well i think how i figured it out is just to, like you guys got to stop like you can't be negative. You have to be positive. You just have to, like, roll with it. Go with the flow and constantly be trying to make things happen. Like you said, you have a profession, but it's not a job. Like, it doesn't feel like a job, mm-hmm. but it is. It is, yeah. It's, like, you have to tell yourself, my job, my duty is to do this. Because, like, for me, like, I I said, I made this video called Change when we turned into walking. and I, like, it's my mission statement. I was, like, I'm setting out to do this. And just do this 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 all these things and then like if I find myself slipping a little bit I'm like all right Derek you gotta like make sure that you're not like just hanging out like you have to keep doing it whether it's whether it's for me or it's for the fans like I have a responsibility at this point I've made very clear to people that like this is what I want to do forever but um yeah I I mean it's just kind of it's kind of scary when you you put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. It can be really scary. Like
0: It can be. Uh, okay, so let me, let me see if I can explain this correctly. I heard, I've been trying to follow this lately because it makes a lot of sense to me, and it's like exactly what I need to do and what everybody who's obsessed with something or really passionate or dedicated to something should be doing. Like you have an industry, right? You're in mm-hmm. the music industry. So – you could have a bunch of different jobs in that music industry yeah. but keep it in the industry yeah right so you could I mean your main thing is music making your music doing what you do but also as far as to make ends meet sometimes right yeah. got to, and also to help people right you could do like shooting a music video or coaching somebody yeah. helping somebody move forward like and those things can all be monetary things that'll number one help you get some cash but also Imagine the feeling you're giving Ellie, yeah. that girl that you're helping. I mean, she's probably like, this she's is unbelievable. Like she's this, psyched. <laughs> the, the Derek walkney's helping me do yeah. all of this, like that's incredible. So you're giving her an amazing benefit as well, uh, and it benefits you at the same time. So that's what I'm trying to remember is like, you can always do different things, but keep it in the industry yeah. that you are, that you're fully involved in. Absolutely. And that's where I'm. I'm also sitting right now is like we were talking about social media but mm-hmm. before we started as well and like that's i do social media marketing for companies and i enjoy it because i get to see the results i get for yeah. companies but it's not like my deep passion yeah right like this sort of thing is my passion i yeah. love make, doing audio i love doing video it's just being a personality really is what i really enjoy doing so when i'm helping other people do it i get satisfaction out of it but i know like this isn't it I yeah. can feel it like because it's, it's, I don't get excited about it. I'm not like, yeah. oh, man, I can't wait to make the video like, yeah. for whatever business yeah, I'm looking I understand
1: for. that completely.
0: <laughs> and, the, and the longer it takes to do, the more I get burned out on it. Yeah. Uh, and even if the money's good, it's like I know I can do this and help them. Yeah. But I need to find a way to do it on a larger scale where I can do it one time and help ten thousand people yeah. instead of doing it one time and helping one person. Yeah, and that's and, that, and that's what social media is there for. It's there as a and you were talking about Gary Vee. Like Gary I uh, I don't know if I was on this podcast or before. I we think started. it might have been before. I don't remember. <laughs> we were talking for a bit before we even started recording. Yeah, that's why I figured I had to just start recording it uh, so we don't <laughs> lose all of it. But like that's what he talks about is, um, you know. Using your social media platforms, using those as you're just giving it away, just yeah. give it away, and giving that stuff out for free is going to bring things that make you money. Absolutely. They're just going to come from that. You just your you're, the, the uh, reciprocity of it yeah. is like giving it out is it's going to come right back. Yeah, and it's so true, man. I mean, that's just because then you're like sending positive vibes out, and people recognize that you're giving, and you're not just trying to hoard it all. And it's going to come back full circle.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good thing that we're talking about this now because I'm, like, getting ready to, like, roll out, like, all... Like, now, like, finally I have stuff that's, like, my solo stuff. I'm, like, getting ready to roll all that stuff out. So I've I've been, like, kind of quiet and, like, kind of keeping it buttoned up. Mm -hmm. But, like, I just want to... i got a tour coming up that hasn't been announced yet. It's coming up in August. And that whole period of time from when it announces in, like, a week to august like i'm trying to just really crush it on social media and just see what i can do see what kind of results i can get like what like figure out really what works for my fan base for me and like what people really like to see because i've kind of been out of it for a while like i'm a totally different person now now i'm like a young adult like i said i'm not like a teenager the music's different so it's it's kind of scary it's but it's like that's like i've realized that the more like my song Lucia Rose, I dropped that song. It I had like I had pneumonia really bad and I was feeling really low. And I was like, the only thing that's gonna make me feel good is if I share this song my music with people. because like, some kid was like, When are you gonna drop this song? And I just like replied to his tweet with like a SoundCloud link. Oh, okay. And like everyone was going crazy over it. And I was like, Man, like that's all. Like that's and then now it's on now that's what I call music how crazy is that so it's dude. like what in the world like <laughs> just like letting things go like so so many people are especially in the art community are just like so like afraid to like show people what they have yeah because
0: you're burying your soul right? Yeah, you're like putting yourself out
1: there. exactly it's like man like this is a representation of who i am what i am but then and, if you like, look
0: at the things that have like been timeless like that's what makes yeah. them timeless it's like somebody showing who they really are yeah. or what they were really feeling in that moment or whatever
1: yeah, I think that's, like, the most important thing is, like, I don't know. It's just how you, it, like, the way you interact with people is one thing. But, like, the way you connect with people is, like, that's what's going to kind of define your career. You know, yeah. like, how you.
0: Especially now with social yeah. media. like.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, like, it's an insane thing. Like, coming from, I feel like, I feel old saying that my first social media was, like, myspace or like xanga or whatever
0: they all instant messenger yeah like that like, was yeah. like
1: that was like i felt like that was
0: crazy because zanga yeah right <laughs> forgot all about yeah, that
1: right <laughs> and now it's like now social media is like over like social media is the number one cause of my anxiety every single day it's like uh-huh. oh i gotta post on instagram instagram story facebook facebook story face live twitter it's like a job in I, itself it's like it's whoa it's nuts but I mean, it's such a powerful tool. And I mean, like, at this point, it rules the world. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of sick because social media has kind of, like, made our world like a, a borderless society mm-hmm. in a way. Like, I could contact people on the other side of the world. Like, there's nothing stopping me from being a worldwide artist. Yeah. Except yeah. for me.
0: Yeah. You know? You're so, the only thing holding you back.
1: Exactly. And it, it feels good. It feels good to know that. It's overwhelming at times. Yeah. But, but it definitely feels good. It, to know that like I can do it if I want to do it, you know? And and I definitely you're, and you're do. doing it. You know? Yeah, and I am doing it. It's crazy to think like I always am like oh man, I, I don't I don't get down on myself, but I feel like I don't give myself enough credit sometimes. And, like I'll sit there like be like man, Oh, I'm back in Altoona. This place is like kind of whack. Like I was just in LA. Like, All <laughs> right,
0: yeah. Especially when you leave Altoona, you yeah. come back and you're like, oh man, I'm oh man. You always roll back into town and there's clouds forming over the city. Yeah. I feel like anytime I come back to Altoona, there's always like rain clouds. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm
1: just like, what do we do? It's <laughs> El, El, Altoona. What are we supposed to do? Oh, let's go to the bar. No, I just it's yeah. like
0: there's nothing. I there's feel nothing bad. To do. There's not
1: yeah. a lot, lot of stuff for kids to do around here. Like, and that's one thing that kind of upsets me. About but when this. you have a
0: passion, though, that that, that you can just sit inside and do that thing yeah. all day yeah definitely it's crazy
1: yeah for for someone someone who's passionate absolutely like it's a good place to like escape for me like it's a good place to escape like my dad lives in the middle
0: of nowhere like you're in sinking valley right yeah. i grew up in sinking valley Weird. oh
1: yeah. wow yeah that's cool yeah we just like we like live in the middle of nowhere and i just like can be as loud as i want like and have band practice to whenever i want like I couldn't do. that. I was living in Pittsburgh for a while. I actually, one of my other side hustles, was I was a Lyft driver. Okay. And so I was driving the people of Pittsburgh around. Was this is near three years of. This was like the past. This has been like the past year. Okay. Like I've been, I, it was just like with American Idol kind of like set it all off. Like I've been like kind of working on my music for a while, but like American Idol kind of lit a fire under my ass. It was like shit. So. People care. 'Cause for a while I thought no one cared anymore. And then seeing that it was like, whoa, like I've never gotten this much attention it like ever. Yeah. And it like so in the past like six months I've really been like the wheels have been turning more and more. But I'm happy to be I'm I was just out in LA in Chicago and that trip like inspired me so much and I've just like been trying to keep running off of that and like bring the whole like LA mentality back home with me and just work it every single day like after this i'm gonna go do a songwriting session with ellie and then go rehearse for Pines for pets from like six to ten or whatever it's like i want every one of my days to be filled with like creative activity yeah but i feel bad for a lot of these like younger kids who like when i grew up around here like ryan wapner in an emergency scene they were doing shows at jagger and then the Elderland Terrace, then the Masonic Hall, Archway Center. Like, there was a place for like young kids to go to watch original music or to play if they decided they wanted to start a band or do a musical project. Mm-hmm. And right now, there's really nowhere like that in Altoona. Like, there's That's no. Weird. I think that Green Bean Coffee House is like the closest thing that. We have to like an all ages music venue, maybe it was like on like a smaller room. Like we have like the Railroaders Museum, the Michelin stuff, but like Sam, whatever, like some kid from Holidaysburg who's like, you know, thirteen, fourteen years old. Like he has nowhere to go, yeah, and to exp- see it, to see it, or like ex express himself. Like it's like, or maybe I'm just out of the loop. I don't know. But that that stuff kind of bums me out because I'm just like, man. Like for me, like I had a place to go and escape, and like. Be an individual, and um, I don't know, maybe it's just like maybe it's I'm just old and I don't really know what kids are doing. Could be, I mean, that's
0: also a part of it, too, right? uh, You get disconnected, so you just don't know. But I, but I know what you're saying, too, because whenever I I never really went, I went to a couple of shows, but like there were always shows going on, and every like a lot of people were talking about them in school. I can recall like it just being a constant topic of conversation. And I guarantee it's going on. We just don't know where they're at.
1: I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. I think that, I think there's probably, I know there was stuff for a while at this place called the Anvil, which used to be the Tin Cup. Yeah, yeah. On Sixth Avenue. There was stuff, but they shut down. So Uh. I'm just like, man, like, I almost feel, like, I feel awful because, like, the whole um, thing with, like, the Jaffa show, like, when we played the Jaffa Shrine a couple years ago to, like, launch Walkney, Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be, like, a project to, like, inspire kids to, like, play music and Mm -hmm. to do things and just show kids that like they could do it and I feel like it definitely had those effects but I feel like there was no follow-up to it yeah and like what I what I really would have liked to happen would be like hey we're doing this show at the Jaffa and then be like there's this all-ages concert venue that I would host like an open mic or like cultivate shows or something like that like I never really got to see it through all the way but kids come up to me all the time like man I came to that show that was like my first concert like, damn, how was your first concert at the Jaffa? Like, I hope that inspires kids, like, you know, down the... I mean, there's a lot of people from Altoona that are killing it right now. Like, with Sammy Martinson, or what What does he go by? Uh, he's a DJ. Oh, Pluko. Pl- Pluko. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, Pluco. Yeah. and then Moses. By like, the way,
0: Pluko, if you're listening, I'm trying to get you on this podcast, <laughs> Hit me back. Oh, man, you should get Moses in here. He's a wild time, dude. <laughs> he, most of those kids, like... Is I, he? Is he live around here like currently? Or is he's he... uh, he's
1: out in L.A. now. Okay. Like he's out there just loving life and living it. He's like I don't even know. Actually, I don't even know where he is. Every day he's in like a different place. He's flying around all the time. Like I don't. It's like it's really cool for me to see like these young kids. Like when I was eighteen, like that was when I started touring. Like that's when I started like like seventeen, eighteen, high school, and right after. Like that's when I really started hitting it. And, like, seeing these kids that are that age, like, doing it in a, in a way that, like, is, like, 20 times bigger than anything that I ever did yeah, is just so inspiring because I'm just like, damn, like, I don't know if I really – I guess I, I did have somewhat of a, a part in it, you know. It's just With Stevie Moses, like, I took him on tour when he was 16 years old. He played guitar for me. Oh, really? And he was just like – his mom's like, please take Stevie, keep him out of trouble, take him on tour. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> Like I don't know. It was just it's just like so cool to see like all these kids are like really doing something with it. And it's like wow, it makes me be like, "Oh man, I better get back to work." Like I'm right. I got to get in here before like all my hair falls out and I get a big beer belly or something <laughs> like
0: It's yeah. true though, man. And bringing it back to social media, dude, it just makes everything that much easier and that much more you can just do it on your own yeah. on your own time. Yeah. And that's not that was not the situation. Five years ago, maybe ten years ago, no, like yeah. not even a chance, like not even close to what's going on right now. So it's like a whole new world. And I, yeah. I just had it, like I was at this career fair talking to tenth graders, and I was trying to get the point across, and I hopefully I did for a couple of them. Like I was really trying to push the point, like guys, this world, this has never existed before. Like this yeah. world we're living in right now has never existed in the history of humanity. We've yeah. never had the availability and the acce- the access to instant information and instantly being able to put yourself out there and also yeah. to learn everything you've ever wanted to learn yeah like it's all just it's so so new that I I think that our just from our biological like our way our brains worked we can't quite fathom it it's yeah. so mind-blowing I just realized
1: I just realized that I'm completely wrong like I'm like oh there's no place for kids to go and express themselves but it's the internet. It's the internet, yeah. But, the in- but you mean, like, in person? Like, like in person, yeah. that The human element is something that, like, I think is so... It's the most, like, important thing about, like, our society is just, like, the humanity. Yeah. You know? And I feel like we're slowly... With music and things, like, we're slowly starting to u- lose it. Like, there's not... It's not, like... Obviously, it's not, like, bands that, like, we get together and, like, make magic, like, just on the spot or something. But, like... I don't know, but also at the same time it's like everything's kind of like do- like a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's like you lose a little bit of the human element with like social media, but also it gives you the opportunity to connect with so many humans. It's like yeah. it takes like I don't know, I know I notice myself even like since like social media has been like a big, big thing, I notice myself like like, oh man, like why would I call them? I could just text them. I'm like, Oh, that's such a bad thing. Like remember being a kid, like no one leaves no one leaves voicemails anymore yeah Yeah. i hate that man i always leave voicemails my dad always leave a freaking voicemail yeah my dad's like you gotta he taught me how to properly like leave an answering machine an answering machine message voicemail (laughs) oh my
0: god but it's so true man because that's uh, that's important yeah like
1: i i find that like i get a hundred times like like so much more done when i just like call someone up i'm like hey what's good like You know, like it's right then and there, Mm -hmm. like you don't have time to like sit there and think about it and freak out for an hour on. (laughs) Did I
0: say the right thing? What am I doing? What are they doing right now? They didn't respond. Yeah.
1: Oh my God! They read my text and didn't respond. (laughs) Like that's so crazy. Like sometimes, like I'm just like screw it. I'm getting into my iPhone and I'm getting a flip phone. (laughs) Like I'll do my internet, social media, email from in the morning and at night on my laptop, and I just have a flip phone. yeah. That's a, but I will never get rid of my iPhone. I I'm thought, so.
0: <laughs> I thought that too, but like that, just you're not riding the wave then. Yeah, you're then taking you're yourself old. out of the way, yeah. and you're just you're you're rejecting something that's unavoidable. Yeah, like oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to using uh, you know, a, a, dial, a, a, up. A, dial up, dial <laughs> up internet. Yeah, Commodore 64 or something like <laughs> to go back to old video. I have like a, a a video game mod system that plays old video games, and that's I'm playing tight. all these old games, and I I love playing them. But I thought the other day like because my son likes playing them too but we're at Best Buy and I'm looking at PlayStation VR and I'm like damn sick man, I need to have that because I need <sighs> I I but I also just have this thing anyway where I need to go further yeah. if I don't I'm gonna be like oh, man why didn't I do that like I feel like I'm, the world's passing me by it's it's FOMO. Yeah. it's definitely a feel, feel. it's a little bit of FOMO tied in there definitely just missing out on like what is happening why would I not want to be a part of it and that's yep. what social media is right like having that phone And if you use it the wrong way, it can destroy your life. Yeah. Easily. Very easily. But if you use it the right way, it can make your life easily amazing. Yeah. So you just got to – it's all about learning it. And it's so new and people don't know how to navigate it yet. And that's one of the reasons I got into social media marketing was like I needed to learn – how to use this stuff to my advantage? Yeah,
1: I I think that that's something that I definitely need to learn a, a lot more now, especially because now it's like, and it's such an ever change. Social media is changing all the time too, like the the interface of it, like a lot of different, like Facebook and stuff. Like, I remember I didn't use Facebook for a while and I came back. I was like, how do I even? What? Like now I have to pay for people to see my posts. Like right. what? Like yeah. this is crazy. But I think that the tech technology is like you're talking about falling behind, like or feeling like you're not changing with the times are riding the wave, like, that's kind of how I felt, like, about songwriting. Like, I was always an acoustic, I write with an acoustic guitar or a piano or in a room with a group of guys, and, like, that was my favorite, still is my favorite way to write music. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like, then you realize it's, like, go out to L.A., every kid's got a studio in his house. Every kid is a mm-hmm. sound engineer, and, like, that So that made me realize, like, I got to start learning this and start learning how to record myself because then I don't have to write it acoustically, then demo it, then take it to a producer, then record it. It's like I can make it straight from my brain into the computer yeah. and then put it on the internet and that's it. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, so I it's just been a slow process, but...
0: Well, because that's, it's all happening so quickly, so yeah. you don't even realize, and that's exactly what I'm doing right here right now is, like, in radio, I used to think, like, man, how would I ever do this on my own? I had to get an FCC license and buy a million-dollar board, and, like, how would I... I wouldn't even know where to begin, but now I can just... I have a, a $90 mixer, <laughs> a couple of relatively inexpensive microphones and some software, yeah. and you can just throw it up online. Like, it's yeah, exactly. so easy. It's,
1: yeah, it's definitely crazy, and, too, with music, like, even music production like i could record something and if it sounds clean enough and it's done well enough i could send it to a professional and have them mix it and like reamp guitars and like just make it sound like super pro if i want to yeah like that's that's something that like i've been trying to explore a little bit more like i i've always gone to a producer like i've always worked with a producer but I've found that like the stuff that's my favorite is the stuff that I make completely by myself. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like sometimes if you write a song and then you have to like, like you talked about earlier, we were talking about, um, ah oh, what was it? Chi- Chinese democracy, guns, oh, and, guns roses. and roses. Yeah. They worked on it for like how long, How however long over a was, decade. Yeah. forever. And it came out and it's like, Oh, well that's not as good as like appetite for destruction or yeah. like, because it, it was just, like, thought
0: about too much. Like, I find and The that, anticipation behind it and all the expectations. Yeah,
1: expectation. Like, I, f- I find that if you just, like, like you're talking about you're giving it away. Like, Gary he talks about just giving away your stuff on social media. Like, that's the best thing because people don't feel like, oh, like, he's just doing this to, like, get recognition. Or he wants. It's like, we're just like, man, like, this guy just loves what he does and shares it all the time. Yeah. It kind of shows like your confidence. Yeah, it does, like,
0: and it builds your expertise, man. Because you get that, that consistency of like constantly knocking out stuff and not putting a putting you're putting thought into it, but you're putting thought into it that you you have so much experience in that thing that it's like yeah. it's almost it feels thoughtless, but you have all that past knowledge it's subconscious going right into it. Yeah,
1: it's that's like that's been my my goal. Like I. My goal is to, has been to, like, just make all my music and all my stuff. Like, just get to the point, it takes a lot of work to get there, but get to the point where I'm running Walkney, the Walkney machine, subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm st- I'm still putting pieces together, but, like, uh, still like, kind of, for example, it's, like, I used to always sit and write lyrics and think about them really hard and try to be super poetic and all this stuff. But, like, lately I'll, like, make a track and I'll just freestyle some shit and, like scat tr- like do a scat track yeah. and like i found that like in the like mumbling and scatting like sometimes i'll say like real like a lot of times it's like i'm saying real stuff like i'm actually speaking real words i'm not just like ba do that but da like and i will sit there and i'll listen to it. i'm like what am i saying here and i'll like just start writing all the lyrics in that like sound like clear lyrics and i found that like my subconscious mind is kind of scary uh uh-huh. like it Writes some pretty prolific lyrics, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna keep trying to like hone this, like, cause like, I I listened to a lot of hip hop when I was in like middle school, and like my big influences were or big people that I really loved were like Fifty Cent, Jay Z. And Lil Wayne. Okay. The reason I love Lil Wayne and Jay Z is because they didn't write anything, so they say. Yeah. They were just freestyle and they put it all out there. And well, like, Lil
0: Wayne especially. I mean, the amount of content that he yeah. put out. And then he's kinda like the originator of that yeah. man. He was just releasing so much free content that yeah. he exploded yep. from that.
1: That's why that's why hip hop's king right now. Because like what we're talking about, it's like they're thinking about it, but it's just like, oh, well, here's another song that I made. Like I made three or four yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So that, that stuff is like, I feel like it's so important, like to, to be able to do it and just be like, all right, well, this is how I feel right now in this moment. I'm going to say it and then, all right, cool. That's, I'm, I'm happy with that. Let's put it out and let's show people. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, so many, so many people for a long time got me into thinking that like, everything had to be like this grand giant, like, thing and i'm just like no it doesn't i could just record an album on my voice memos and put it on soundcloud and like people would appreciate it yeah. you are like no you can't do that well some
0: you... people feel like they can and some people don't and I, I guess that that can work for some people where they put together this masterful thing yeah but for most people like why well, you know what even those people who put together that masterful thing they probably have hundreds of hours of stuff that they never release yeah. that they could yeah. and people would love that just as much as they loved the Big, amazing thing they put together.
1: I think the key is doing it all. Mm-hmm. It's like having those, like, spending real money on your recordings. Like, the ones that you know are, like, or going into a studio and spending a lot of time on the songs you know are, like, all right, this one is definitely going to go places. Like, people have told me this, they think this is a great song. Like, I think this is a great song. I think it could do well. Yeah. Like, I feel that way about all my babies, as I call them, my my musical babies. <laughs> but, like... I think it's, like, important to be, like, okay, I'm going to go record in this studio with this big-name producer and do a single. And then be, like, but I'm also going to put a bunch of songs up on SoundCloud that I did myself and, like, have all these different areas of the industry, like, going at the same time. Like, what I realized whenever I was in the big time, like, we recorded our album Imagining Heart with these guys named Zach Odom and Kenneth Mount. There are producers, they did, like, Mayday Parade, they did, like, they worked with, like, Jamie Foxx, Whitney Houston, like, all these, like, big producers back in the day, and, like, just the fact that we worked with them and they were, like, a recognizable name, so many people, like, paid attention, gave us credit. So I think it's, like, you have to show people who you are as an artist, like, uncut and raw, mm-hmm. but then you also have to do those big, like, almost like they're almost like political moves right like when you work together with certain people and collaborate it's like you kind of have to do those things so it's like name recognition brand recognition like people see that like with a sweet like american idol and now that's what i call music mm. like people thought American people think american idol is like the olympics of music right and it's really <laughs> not it's just a reality show with some great singers yeah and like but i realized that people's perception is like people think like you're talking about like you realize that um these famous people or whatever are just human beings like so many people see something like american idol and they think like oh my god that's so huge and that's what builds hype yeah because hype is everything it's like if you know how to hype people up and get people like oh my god i gotta support this then like that's real. that's half the battle yeah and then it's keeping people entertained and keeping people sticking around so i think that like Working with, like, a professional producer is a good way to, like, get people, to to draw people in. Mm -hmm. And then with, like, SoundCloud and things like that, like, and and we're talking about working on stuff on your own. That's how you keep people around. Because they
0: learn who you are. Exactly. Who who this person actually is. Because there's nothing worse than, like, this, I mean, this is so huge right now on the the Internet, just with, like, Instagram. You know, you have these people who have millions and millions of followers, yet they don't actually really do anything. You know what I mean? They don't really have any substance behind what they're doing. So, yeah like say you're right dude like you put out something big and it's like you have the right producer on it and it tra- it attracts a lot of attention and then they follow you day to day on your snapchat or whatever and they're like oh they're just kind of like me yeah. they just do their own thing it's like it's like wizard of oz when they pull back the veil and it's yeah. just some dude back there yeah exactly you know I mean? so like the, but that's the that's what that's that's the real key winning element is not the huge production thing that might get you the most attention but the real thing that's going to win is like the day to day this is who I am as a person. This is just what I do. This yeah. is my life. Like yeah. here's some song I just threw together today yeah. that probably will never, might never become anything, but you can o- check or, it out. Or it, like
1: some producer might see it and be like, yeah. that song's a hit. We need to redo that one. Right. And we need to like make it like commercial quality. And like I try not to like think about music as like a, like a something that's like for sale because it's really not anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't really make much money off the actual music.
1: I like, I don't know. Like, some of my songs, I definitely am like, wow, this song has, like, way more mass appeal than this one.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So, like, I try not to be like, all right, I'm going to only do the ones that have, like, massive appeal. I want to do the ones that I know are going to hook people but also have, like, real substance. And I feel like that's what my new music is. It's like it really showcases my voice more. One thing I've been trying to do is showcase myself as a vocalist rather than just like lead singer of a band. Um, and really just kind of like, I don't know, let people into my life. A lot of people, I've I've been quiet for a long time. I wasn't showing people what I was doing and what was going on. And I feel like a lot of these new songs really do kind of let people step into who I am, step into my mind and kind of talks about you know, the experiences that I had and explains a little bit why I kind of went quiet for a while. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's definitely, like, it's insane, like, being like, oh, wow, I actually have songs that I could release right now. Like, again, because for so long, like, I didn't have anything. Like, I had so many songs, like, written, but because I didn't know how to record myself, Still to this day, so many of the songs I have actually recorded, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. So it's like, oh, like I feel like I have all this energy. I've got my first group of songs that's going to go out. And then, like, I've got all these other ones I have to finish and keep working on. I know I'm going to be busy for a while. Yeah. Because I spent the last four years writing, and now it's like, all right, well, I've got a bunch of stuff to pull from if I can't write anything new. But, like, I write new stuff all the time kind of drives me insane when do when do the ideas come to you
0: for writing stuff um i mean is it or is it, it anything it's
1: it's really any anything like sometimes i'll like think of a lyric or like oh, oh something and i'll just write it down on my phone sometimes i'm just sitting in my guitar i'm like oh wow that guitar part's cool and then i'll just like write a song right then and there other times i'll like I don't. i mean i don't know i just at this point like i feel like it just kind of flows through me i can kind of like sit down, and if someone put me on the spot and was, like, write a song, I could do it. Mm-hmm. But I found that, like, when I'm home by myself, sitting on my couch at my dad's house, that's when I write the best songs. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Like, no matter where I go, I'm in all these places. Like, when I come home, that's when I write my best shit. Yeah. Well, you're not distracted either. Yeah, guess, not. So. But Altoona has a lot, of, a lot of distractions, like.
0: Well, I just mean, like, going to, like, L.A. There's yeah. so much to do and yeah. so many new things to experience, like probably hard to get yeah focused.
1: it's it definitely it definitely is like but if you have, if you run with the right people like you can really you can really like work like that's what that's what when i went out there i was talking to a bunch of people that i know and like friends that i met up with and i'm like guys like i'm having fun coming out here and like going out to the bar and like schmoozing with people and just like saying hey and like reconnecting and stuff but like i want to be in the studio or like doing something music related every day i'm like it's cool when LA is definitely a party city and it's, it's nuts. But like, if you go out there and you don't have the intention to work, mm-hmm. then it'll take you. Oh yeah. Real quick. Lie. That place is nuts. Like, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like I've never gotten into like real sketchy situations out there, but like I have so many friends that are just like went out there with dreams
0: and ended up back at home. Like, cause they just went way too hard. Well, you got to be ready for it, too, man. It seems like you're <clears throat> you're definitely ready. Like, you've primed yourself think, mentally, yeah. you know what I mean, and, and to get to the experience level and then to understand, like, what needs to be done to make it happen. Like, you can't go out and get crazy and party. Yeah. I mean, you can. You can. You just have, you have to, gotta, like, moderate like, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just to cap things off, dude, like, who – what are your favorite bands? Like, who inspired you when you were a kid? Who do you
1: um, – Well, when I was a kid, I used to walk home from school with my buddy Pat all the time, and his dad had, like – all these um, he had tons of CDs and one of the what we would do is we would like put on like Meteora by Linkin Park or like Appetite for Destruction and like listen to, and like Aerosmith like I guess when I was a kid my first influences were like it was a lot of classic rock okay and it was like lit, like Guns and Roses and Aerosmith and um, like all those like I don't know, like, all those one-hit wonders and stuff back in, like, the 80s hair metal and stuff like yeah. that. I would listen to all that <laughs> stuff. Iron Maiden was a huge – Okay. They're not one-hit wonder, but Iron Maiden was a huge influence of mine. Like, I, So I started with classic rock. Then I got into, like, metal. And, like, I would listen to, like, Dimmu Borgir, and, like, then, like, Slipknot and, like, some, like, really weird, like, yeah. Ramstein and stuff yeah. like that with, like, my buddies. And then, like, it turned into hip-hop. and It was, like, I don't know, 50 Cent, Eminem. Um, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think my first real, like, favorite band was Linkin Park. And, like, with Chester Bennington, like, obviously, like, all the stuff that happened with him recently, like, mm-hmm. it just kind of, like, it kind of shook me. I was like, man, like, listening to Linkin Park is not the same anymore. Like, I listen to it, and I'm like, damn, like, this guy. He said like, a lot. He said it. Like, he's, like, made it. He made it very clear that he was not okay for a very long time. Yeah. And like, having my own, like, kind of struggles with, like, mental health and stuff, it's, like, that was a big wake-up call, it's, like, okay, man, like, this is very real, and, like, if you feel, if anyone feels like they need help, like, it's very important to make sure that you act on that, and if you have friends that are so clearly crying for help, it's, like, Everyone has a responsibility what's to what's crazy like,
0: is like he did have help, right? Yeah, I mean, it's still it didn't, yeah, in the end. It's, it's weird, it's a very bizarre him and Chris Cornell, and they were like yeah. best friends. And that was his, like, that was sad. Was Chester Bennington his god, his kid's god? I think he might have done something like it, it, I don't know, man, because I was a, I was a pretty big Linkin Park fan, I was a yeah. fairly big Soundgarden fan, audio slave, weird, and, like. Yeah, I used to have that Live in Texas
1: DVD. Oh, and I'd okay. Watch, I'd watch it every day. Like <laughs> It was so sick. Like He's like, coughing up blood. I'm like, that guy's such a badass. I want to be just <laughs> like him.
0: Because like, he is. I mean, yeah. it, And Linkin Park was a band. They really bridged the gap of hip-hop and rock. Yeah. Like The album Reanimation. If you mm-hmm. listen to Reanimation, it's like they took their first, I don't know if it was before or after Meteora. I think it was between Hybrid Theory and Meteora. But it was all remixed tracks. It was very much a hip-hop album of rock music. Was it
1: um, Collision Course with Jay-Z? No, no. This
0: was called Reanimation. I don't
1: think I even heard so that. if you listen, that
0: is such a... It's one of my favorite albums of all really? time. And a lot of people don't know about it. Like,
1: yeah, I didn't even know about it. And I was like, they were my favorite band. Right. That's crazy. The
0: Collision Course is great. I love that with Jay-Z. I wish they would have made original songs, though. Yeah. It was all just like blending their was, songs together. Yeah. Like, we they got make- into the
1: studio. You know that they just took the sessions and just... Yeah. Put them together. Why didn't but... they
0: make original? I didn't never un- understood that end of it. But like Jay-Z's Unplugged album. Did you ever see Jay-Z? Un- I... The Roots were his backup okay. band for Unplugged. Shit. Freaking unbelievable. That's crazy. Um, but Reanimation was... Check that album out because it is very much... They took electronic rock, hip-hop. It was exactly what I've always wanted out of a band. It was like taking yeah. the best parts of... My three favorite genres of music are rock hip-hop and electronic so they 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 meshed them together so well and I'm sure somebody has done it very well since then but I've never found an album that combined all that in one and it just I still listen to it to this day I I have I think I have a podcast about it maybe it's gone now cuz I had to delete a bunch of my podcasts when I left forever but that's a different story altogether (laughs) Um, but it was just it just stuck with me like damn dude these guys are on a different level Absolutely. just on it just nobody ever took all that stuff and chester bennington throwing him into the mix and mike shinoda with just his production it's, it's skills just dynamic
1: like that's why they were so big is just being di- a dynamic act like yeah. i don't know like it, it's just like it sounds so insane because there's so much going on there's two different voices and chester bennington was like three voices in one yeah so it was like there's so much dynamic there and like that's definitely like a very very important thing, especially with people's attention span today yeah. like but it's kind of crazy how like trap music that's coming out is like very very simple and extremely repetitive And it's,
0: incredibly catchy
1: yeah and it's almost like it's almost like a new form of like it's like it's kind of like the blues mm-hmm. it's like a very very simple very simple music wise a lot of it sounds the same but it's very much about like the persona of the storyteller mm mm-hmm. And so it's, like, kind of cool to, like – think like, I, I never – someone someone said that to me. I can't take full credit for, like, making that observation. But someone said that to me. I was like, wow, it really is. It's, like – it's, like, 21 Savage is, like, Tom Petty. Like, for these <laughs> new people. Like, seriously. Like, it's the new generation. Because, yeah. like, like, it's just, like, unabashed, raw, like – this is who it's like no we're talking bullshit. about with social yeah no bullshit like yeah, this is who i am this is what i do
0: and like well Migos. so you're saying about them like the 15 minutes they throw a song <laughs> together and it's <laughs> it's and it's excellent yeah it's like damn dude how did you guys do this yeah it's it, crazy like it's awesome it's so stupid because i i consider a lot of that hip-hop is like as far as on a if you're trying to really get something out of it, there's yeah. not a whole lot to get out of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like,
1: yeah also, too, it's spiritual like...
0: Spiritual content. Like, there's not a lot yeah, there. Yeah, for
1: but. sure. I mean, definitely, like, I think Post Malone got a lot of flack for talking about it. He's like, when I want to cry, like, I don't listen to hip-hop. Like, hip-hop's not, like... He said something... But, like, I also feel like it represents, like, such a massive part of society mm-hmm. that is very much underrepresented in, the, in mass media. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you know, 21 Savage, like, he is... From like a very bad area, and he had like all the, a lot of a lot of those hip hop artists. Trap music is called trap music because yeah, in the it's trap. the trap, like yeah. selling drugs, and like it's just so crazy that like these people are like blo- like blowing up on like such a massive level, and it makes so many people who are trapped like in a lot of these, like, lower-income communities in America mm-hmm. that, like, aren't getting any attention or help at all. Um, it makes those people feel like there's hope. Mm-hmm. It's like we're talking about, like, giving people, like, they are just regular people to the people that are from those communities that went and did it. Yeah. And, like, it's, yeah, it's really, like, it's really crazy. I have a friend who does, like, a lot of um, hip-hop videos for, like, a lot of trap artists, and, like, we had a conversation... And he just kind of, like, explained a lot of that, like, that to me. And I was just like, wow. Like, I've been so, like, disconnected. Because I was just like, oh, this is kind of, being a musician, like, the purest musician inside of me is like, yeah. oh, this isn't even, at first I was like, this isn't even music. But then, like, I really, like, came to understand it more. It's like, almost like WWE wrestling for me. Like, at first I was like, this is whack. And right. then I read a couple books and realized, like, what it really was. And I was like. Oh wow.
0: Like, I get <laughs> right? it.
1: This is actually kind of cool like when you think of it. Yeah like,
0: no, I agree man. I, well, you're saying about like even your attitudes. I, I, I take a lot of this from WWE. like the rock <sighs> The rock once said, uh, you know his personality on camera is him just turned up. right? Yeah. It's his real personality. He just turns his volume up to like 11. And I'm like that I think for anybody who ever does anything creative, that's kind of what it is. And yeah. If you really want to connect with people, you've got to really be you you also can't just like be you sit on a couch yeah like you want to be you turned up yeah. a little bit people want to see that see that side of you exactly that, that, that makes them want to engage but um have you ever listened to the uh the bruce pritchard podcast so if you're an, if you're a wrestling fan and you want to I know, have like, not
1: i'm not i'm not a massive wrestling fan but oh, my okay. friend
0: joey Britton is like
1: he was so dead set on making me a wrestling fan <laughs> and like so like i always watched uh, wrestling uh, when i was a kid and like but, like, in middle school, I was like, ah, that's so stupid. Yep. But now, like, I've, I've I've read this book called Slap Happy. Okay. And I forget who wrote it, but, like, he interviewed The Rock and stuff, and it just, like, gave me a really interesting perspective. But can, what about the, the Bruce Prichard podcast? Oh, wait,
0: Bruce Prichard was Vince McMahon's right-hand man for, like, oh, 25 wow. years. So it's 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 called Something to Wrestle was the podcast. But it's just, like, he just – they just pick a subject, and they talk about it for, like, three yeah. hours. And he just has all of the behind-the-scenes details of, like, everything. So being a wrestling fan prim- – fan from whenever I was a little kid he goes over all the stuff that like I grew up with that I've always wanted to know like what was really going on yeah and it's wrestling so dumb in a certain way it reminds me of like hip-hop in a way because like a lot of it I look at and I'm like man that is so stupid, but then I'm also like I love it to death. Like I love yeah. everything about it. I love how stupid it is. I love to make fun of it. Yeah. Like there's a part of it that like half of what I love about it is how ridiculous it is. Yeah. That's oh, sorry, man. I keep pulling. Oh, that. I don't care. Yeah.
1: That's uh. That's that's like the great thing about. It. I think that's like people love that it's just like. And that's hip hop music. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like it,
0: it's so good because of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, for me, like I'll see like people like flexing with like mon- all this money and cars and clothes and stuff. I'm and, like, man, that's like. Why are you wasting all that with money? You know? <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, that's just part of it. Like, it's yeah, like, it comes with it. You know? but Unless uh,
0: you're like Kendrick Lamar or somebody. I mean, I fully Ken, respect yeah, somebody that young to be able to do what he's doing and like yeah. have the. And he's not
1: so mentality. much about, he's not so much about like the, oh, money, cars, and clothes. Like, he's an actual, like, he has something to say. Yeah. And that's like really important, like, for someone to, like, Especially right now, I think that a lot of musicians, like, there's all this like crazy, like the the, uh, not necessarily political climate, but just like society in general right now because of like the internet, all this constant flow of information, I guess like what's happening in our country, all this stuff that's happening. <coughs> Excuse me, um, like, there's I feel like people need to do more to like kind of record and depict like what's happening in our society, without. Like, not, like, being, like, a political... Like, I guess Kendrick is a political artist. Oh, He's no definitely God, a political yeah. artist. I feel like more people need to, like, be like, hey, this is what's going on. Because... Yeah. it's like, not.
0: There's not a side, really. It's just yeah. kind of... Yeah, like, just... Sh- just shining having, like, a, a light on
1: it. Sh- shining a light on it. Like, it's like looking at... like You look at all those people, like, the Rolling Stones and, like, people like Bob Dylan and the Beatles and stuff. Like, they were living in a period of, like, massive cultural and societal change. Yeah. And right now we are in the same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so important. Like, a lot of people, when they talk, a lot of people talk about politics and stuff, like, they get really preachy and they get really, like, in your face. Like, if you don't believe what I believe, then screw you and all this stuff. I think that more people need to just write things that have a good message and let people take what they want from it. Yeah, and people like,
0: need to listen to other people too. Yeah. You gotta take some time to like yeah. process some information and not just spew out the next point. Yeah. And and to be right. Like it's not just about being right. Like that's I I've always found myself in the middle. Like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's going I don't know. Like I don't know Donald Trump. I don't know what he's like. I don't know what he actually thinks. I don't know what's going on day to day. I have no freaking idea. So I I mean I can be pissed off about things. Everybody can, but when it comes down to it, like when the election all happened, mm-hmm. I was mad. But as time goes on, I who knows what it would have been like the other way around yeah. and I don't know him as a person, so I can't really say a whole lot. Yeah, I think Dave
1: Dave Chappelle talks about it and he's like obviously like Dave Chappelle talks about it. he's like, I think Trump is gonna be the one that like he, it's like kinda taking out of context, as it might sound but he's basically like just ripping and putting him apart in one of his comedy specials. Yeah. But he's like it kinda like is like woken well, people up, like more than ever, like people don't trust the government. Like more than ever, like people are They're just like news people are interested yeah everyone's watching watching the news like it's kind of scary like people will like think like all over the world like in america like everyone just like hates each other yeah and that there's all this like there's definitely like a ton of like stuff that needs to be like addressed but in my experiences, like everyone's kind everyone's great like if you put yourself out there and you're a positive person like you just have to try to affect the people around you in a positive way. Like who knows what's going on in Washington behind closed doors? Like we're only seeing what they let us see. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, but also at the same time, because we have the internet, we have constant connectivity. It's kind of real and fake news. It's it's (laughs) like, it's like the people have the power. Yeah. And that's like, that's like with like uh, net neutrality and stuff like that. That's like a big topic that everyone's been talking about. Like, I think that's an attempt to kind of get some of that power back from the people
0: and make money
1: off of this thing called the internet, which is like now running
0: everything. Yeah, we've already lost control. Um, (laughs) I mean, as far as like reeling it in, there's no way. And I thought about it with net neutrality. It's like, yeah, sure, you can do that, but they're going to. The dark net's going to make – they'll make something that will yeah. circumvent that. Though you can get around whatever the net neutrality was. It's just it's – you've opened Pandora's box. So yeah. It's unstoppable at this it's, point It's
1: scary. I, it's going to be so crazy in like 20, 30 years. My son's going to be like, dad, can I please get the new eye, uh, the new eye lens? Yeah, and be the like what's, <laughs> what's that, son? And he's like, oh, it's this new lens where – you can, you know, just, like, some well, augmented, augmented reality stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm just going to be like, I don't know. And then he's going to be like, but everyone has it. Right. It's like, oh, my God. Like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, they're, they're just like there's, like, pretty soon everyone's going to be flying around in drones. And, like, it's right. just. Well, it's- we're all going to be
0: in, I think we're all going to be in VR. We'll just be lost. That's why I'm afraid of VR because I know that I, I've experienced it. And I was, like like, the PlayStation VR. And I was completely blown away, like. For a minute, I forgot that I was not. I, yeah. I, I forgot that I was playing a game for dude, a minute. And I was like, it's "Oh crazy. shit, dude, this is the." I'm not actually here right now. This is a game, and I thought, man, I need to get one of these. But then I also was like, oh, "I'm gonna get lost in this thing. It's gonna ruin my. It can yeah. ruin your life because it's so immersive. You're so deep into it so quickly.
1: Yeah. There's all kinds of like funny VR shit out there too. Like it's like, it's. Did you ever see the movie Her? Uh, what is it called? Her i think it's uh joaquin phoenix i never watched it but yeah he like basically falls in love with siri basically he has like like a a virtual like romantic partner and it's like i saw that i was like man like this is gonna be a thing Uh uh-huh this is definitely gonna be a thing like they have all kinds of vr
0: stuff like they have like
1: freaking they have like vr porn and stuff i'm like who's
0: watching that like like oh. you're not going to watch some VR porn. <laughs> I'm totally. Like you're in <laughs> I'm the in room the VR porn. Oh
1: man, that's, that's, that stuff is
0: <laughs> in the room. You are the person. You, yeah, the you are the guy. So, <laughs> there's this documentary out. I've I've been promoting it a lot lately. Oh it's called uh <laughs> It's called uh Do You Trust This Computer? Yeah. And it is a deep deep AI the virtual reality, but it's mostly AI right. and Elon Musk's and a bunch of like really high level people. And it, it'll freaking, it scared me. Like I'm scared and yeah. worried, but what are you going to do? I'm Getting scared, worried about it. It's like, well, I can't, I have no impact on it. So I just have to deal with it. Yeah. But, like it's a really cool documentary. It really exposes from people who know what's going on. Yeah. We don't really, you and I don't yeah, know what's we, going on. I have
1: no idea. I feel like that's a big problem. I feel like I want to be more informed but I never know what is real and what's not. (laughs) Because, like, even the things where I'm like, this is so, like, this is real. I'm like, Uh, is "Is this?
0: Yeah, like. Am I being trolled and I don't know it? I feel
1: like The Hunger Games was, like, it was, like, kind of like a movie or a book that they made. And then when they put the the movies out, I feel like they were, like, trying to tell society something. Sometimes I'm like,
0: whoa, like. Well, it's always a reflection of what's going on this is what this documentary kind of talked about was like sci-fi movies whether purposefully or just by accident have predicted the future so like we're going towards all the things they've had in sci-fi movies for decades and we're like there so we don't realize that we're there because it's all in our heads a movie. A movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not real. Like yeah. uh, this. Like our phones. Like that's not real. Like we have tech. We have all of the world's information from all of humanity's history in our hand at all times. Like we don't even process it because it's so mind blowing and it's so yeah. like we're just so accustomed to it so quickly. It's like how are we? How are we so accustomed to something that's so yeah. foreign, so yeah. fast, right? And it's it might be partially because we've been kind of predicting it for decades yeah. and it's. it's Making like it kind of blows my freaking mind.
1: Yeah, I always think about. I always think about like the old. I think about like you know, people who would like go to Woodstock, like that era of like all the hippies. Like, man, they're gonna put chips in our heads, man. It's like, dude, they're they they're in our hands. <laughs>
0: They'll be in your head soon, plain yeah. sight.
1: Like it's crazy, dude. But it's also exciting. It is really exciting because it's yeah. like, okay, like, you know, like people people always like trying to think the worst of everything. But like, think about like how much our society could progress. Like. I don't know. I always see like I don't you watch the you ever watch the Joe Rogan podcast?
0: It's basically Do, what I've spent ninety okay. percent of my life listening <laughs> <Okay>. to. <laughs> well,
1: the one he did with Tom DeLong. Where oh my Tom DeLonge's yeah. talking about like spaceships and stuff. I'm like he sounds nuts, but like I kinda believe and him.
0: Joe writes him off like he's yeah. nuts. Even before the podcast starts, he's like, oh, guys, yeah. get ready for this, like but then you're like but then it's again like why Tom DeLong and yeah. why like, why would top-level CIA agents be talking to him? Like it's,
1: Part of me is, like, he's so full of shit. But then, like, part of me is, like, maybe he really did just figure it out. Well, he believes it. Yeah. That's the
0: thing. Like, he's not bullshitting. Like, yeah. Tom DeLong believes this. Yeah. That's the part that's weird. Yeah. And, and if he... Is he nuts? Or is he... Like, why did they throw him out of Blink-182? Like, what happened? He, you know, like, he's
1: technically still a member of Blink-182. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's still technically... Like, he's not in the band, but he's, like, still credited as a member of blink 182 which is like wild i think that he needs to they need to send matt Skiba back to alkaline trio and he needs to make me another alkaline trio record and tom needs that tom mark and travis need to settle it because no tom no blink that's were you a big Blink fan dude that was that was like my first like really? band that was one i didn't mention earlier talking about influences like blink 182 And then like then like all time low like those bands like it's kind of like funny but like those bands like really inspire me because I could like play guitar like them because they're just playing power chords easy stuff it was really simple yeah Um,
0: that's a lot of people loved like like on I like Green Day and stuff I loved Green Day well I loved Green Day's first couple albums after that I kind of lost it but um. A lot of people loved Blink-182, and that was one of those bands I always thought, like, these guys are, it's too simple, it's too yeah. pop punky. it's too corny. Yeah. I never got into pop-punk. That was, like, right. one genre. And that was kind of, I guess, because of my age, too, maybe. I don't know. Like, I kind of came into that already in my late teens. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, I had established myself, like, yeah. Chili Peppers, Rage Against the yeah. Machine, uh, System of a Down. You know, there was all these yeah. bands that I, like, was, that was, those were my bands. So, like, when you started making pop-punk, I was, like, no. It's just not credible enough for me. Yeah, like, it's, and it was just—it was probably just something. It was just me, and like we mentioned, like simple playing. Like the dude's voice couldn't do it. Yeah, this couldn't do like the way he sounded. And yeah.
1: Now that I've gotten older, I, wish you know, I wasn't you know, like that. What do you feel? Yeah, now that I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, I've kind of grown out of this. Like I was a little kid. I was like a, a young kid, and right. I was like, I liked it because it's like I could I could understand what he was saying. Like it just like. You know, I somehow, I don't know, I connected with it. But then now that I'm older, I'm like, I want more. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm exactly. like, oh, like, what was that? Like, you know, that And stuff, you still
0: listen to it and enjoy it, but like yeah. you want more substance out of it. Yeah.
1: I think that, like, that stuff all kind of ingrained, like, the pop stuff into me. Like, I understand so- pop songwriting and, like, you know, like, what is going to, like kind of what is a pop song you know and how that all works and why it works but now that I've gotten older I've been exploring my musical tastes a lot more um a big thing is my mom and my grandmother left me with this massive like vinyl record collection and I got like a ton of stuff I got like Willie Nelson the Beatles Lionel Richie like Whitney Houston like every like Rick James like just all over the place so I've been listening to like a lot of stuff like that a little more like Blues and pop, like old, older songs, even really. Mm-hmm. Like, the more older stuff that I listen to, the more that I get inspired because I'm just like, oh, this has that raw human element in it. Like, it sounds yeah. 80s pop is so crazy to me because it's like they were doing all that shit before, like Pro Tools. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still doing like synth sounds and all this stuff, and it's all analog, and it's like, mm-hmm. it's inspiring. But yeah, I don't know. I listen to, I love John Mayer now. Like, I love John Mayer. Like, Amy Winehouse is a ma- I'm Massive Amy Winehouse. House. I've been listening to Bob Dylan a lot more, um, and like, you heard of like I'm, Gary Clark Jr. Yeah, that I, dude? yeah. Was didn't, is he still? Didn't he die? Uh, Gary uh,
0: Clark Jr. I don't think so. He's I, like this. heir is Hendrix. Like he's very yeah. much like. I don't know. I hope he didn't.
1: Wait, how old is he? I don't know if I'm thinking the same guy. I've definitely no, heard no. Of Gary Clark Jr. I've never heard that name a bunch.
0: Yeah, Gary. Clark, he sounds. He kind of looks and sounds like Hendrix. Yeah, um, I was always a big Jimi Hendrix fan because he just seemed like he was an alien.
1: Yeah, like Hendrix Jesus. is a massive one of mine now too. Like Hendrix and Carol King are like two like really really big influences of mine. Like it's just that like Hendrix is just the blues. Yeah, you know it's the way he plays guitar. I'm like he was a pioneer. Yeah, he he was like you said it's like he's like an alien. Like he's like making all his own guitar effects and shit at the
0: time. Like. He's- Blow my freaking mind! I, I listened. To, I when I was a kid, I didn't, and just over the past, I'd say, you know, seven, eight years, I listened to more of his stuff. My one friend's a big '60s rock fan, uh, psychedelic rock, and uh, I listened. I started listening to a decent amount of psychedelic rock because it is so. They are in the music because they're yeah, just they ripped are on the acid. Speaking, <laughs> like, speaking of
1: psychedelic rock and like being ripped on acid, did you ever see that video of of Santana playing Soul Sacrifice at, at Woodstock? Woodstock yeah. Dude, man, like I watched that interview and he's like, "Yeah, man, like my I kept just like trying to play my guitar because it was like looked like a snake and kept <laughs> flying away from me." And I'm just like, he's like making all these crazy faces. <laughs> I've been watch I've watched that video, <laughs> that song like every day for the past week. It's actually. <laughs> That's kinda funny. We're like trying to we're doing a lot of um I'm playing at Pines for Pets. Yeah. Um, May twelfth or whatever. I think it's like the session one. I think we play like two, but I had to play for seventy five minutes. Wow. So I have like a bunch of my songs we're playing, but the guys that I'm playing with, like, we're gonna do like a bunch of cover songs. It's not usually something that I do, but it's a beer festival and like we wanna kinda bring like people, we wanna hear songs. We wanna bring like a jam band vibe to it and like the guys that I play with with we like jam at my house and it's just like it's effortless. Like it feels so crazy. But we're doing a lot of like early seventies, like sixties, like some doing like some Hendrix, doing like Rolling Stones, Tom Petty, like um or some other ones that we're doing. But yeah, just like that kind of like we're, we're trying to keep it like groovy and funky, but also just like kinda like, whoa, what is this?
0: Yeah. concert like I love that.
1: San- Santana, like watching his live stuff, I'm just like, oh my
0: like. Those guys were, because they weren't really half the time they weren't really there. I don't think. Yeah, yeah they were they were inside of whatever they were yeah. making, well, and that's what made it seem so yeah, real. It yeah, was like holy but, crap, dude! This guy is not. I I, I watched Jimi Hendrix. And I'm like, this dude's not of this planet. Like, yeah. he's just a freaking. Uh, like, how did he? How did he happen? Yeah, how did the, I, I watched so many documentaries about him. because I'm like, how did this dude do? What he? And he died at like 27. He, like just he, wasn't, he, <laughs> <laughs> he just went hard. He just went really hard. And that's always he was just with his guitar all day long. That's all we yeah. did. It's,
1: yeah, I mean, like, that's, like, a, a like that's the same appeal as a lot, a lot of this new hip-hop stuff. Like, people are like, man, he's, like, all zanned out. Like, he's doing all this lean. Like, lean is, like, hip-hop heroin. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, basically, it's yeah, like, it's, I mean, lean is heroin, it's technically. Like it is, yeah. It's, like, people look at, like, a lot of these people that are doing that, like, the same way that they look at, like, Anthony Kiedis, like... Oh man, that guy's so strung out all the time. And it's like it's kind of sad how we like like yeah. romanticize and glorify like
0: drug abuse, especially as a kid, for some reason you really romanticize yeah. it.
1: Because it's like you get told by everyone like your whole life, like as a young kid that drugs are the worst thing in the entire world and that they'll kill you. Like if you smoke weed, you're going to die, like and all this stuff. And then like they see someone like like any any of these, like talking about Jimi Hendrix or like the Chili Peppers or like, any, yeah. you see these people like, oh well that guy's on heroin and he's killing it,
0: and he's making so, the most amazing music you've ever heard in your life, and that's yeah that's, that's the part that that's kind you
1: of a, yeah it's kind of bad because then kids are like the way the way that I describe it is, like, it's like people will tell kids, all right well like smoking weed is, like, the worst thing you could do, like, don't, like, you, they, like, try to, like, scare people away from all of these things, mm-hmm. and then, like, a kid will do it, and they're, like, oh, well, that's not that bad, cocaine must not be that bad exactly, either, yeah. I guess Zans aren't that bad, yeah, and then all of a sudden, yeah. yeah, it's, like, there needs to be, like, some real education on, like, what actually happens, and, like, the
0: drug education's huge, man, I've said that for a long time, that's something I really try to, first of all, you have to do the drugs to figure out <laughs> what... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you need the experience factor, right? Yeah. But it, I, I mean, honestly, man, I, I firmly believe that. Like, you have to have some sort of frame of reference because, like, when Nancy Reagan was talking about uh, just say no to drugs, like, obviously she hadn't done any drugs. Yeah. Because you have to have some sort of frame of reference to be able to say, like, all right, listen, I know what this does and I know what this does. Yeah. And I've never done that because I know it's going to potentially kill me or ruin yeah. my life. So you've got to have some sort of, yeah, a drug education is just incredibly important and there's none of it it doesn't exist and then and and the drugs keep getting worse right so whenever I was a kid Snoop Dogg Snoop Doggy Dogg it was all gin and juice smoking weed and and, and drinking alcohol now it's Percocet and Molly yeah like you're mixing Molly and Percocet together that's a
1: that's terrifying sounds like
0: (laughs) I I think I'd die it's like two opposite things coming together that's
1: like the big that's the big thing like I I don't get why people are like people want to just like you don't even get anything from that you know, it's not like, it's not like, you're like, oh, wow, I feel enlightened. It's like, oh, well, I'm just so strung out that, like, I can't even
0: I don't move. know how you're functioning. Like,
1: I, 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 it just hurts your brain. Like, I, I don't know. I say that, like, everything, my dad always told me everything in moderation, including moderation. So it's, like, right. it's okay to, like, party a little bit sometimes or whatever. But, like, I don't condone any of, like, the hard stuff because it's, like, that shit, like, what? Well, really mess your brain up. And, like, your brain is, like, your most powerful, like, weapon.
0: Yeah. And then and, you're locked into something. And it's just a habitual... Yeah, you're it, stuck in that. There's
1: a lot of stuff is just, like, super, super addictive. And, like, it's, like... It's crazy, like, how our society, like, promotes all these, like, these drugs and these things. Like, they kind of, like, control them. Like, it's crazy that marijuana is considered the same
0: level as, like, heroin. They're about to change like, that, though. It's I, about to come off. Yeah. From what I've, I'm
1: so, like being in los angeles like it's insane compared to here like it's like you get on weedmaps.com you can freaking order you're like oh i have i i have a stomach issue today or i'm having anxiety or something it's like and you can find the perfect thing for you to treat whatever like (laughs) you know rather than being like oh i have to take a xanax which is like one of the most like neurotoxic drugs that you could possibly yeah. take. It's like And
0: then sleep for fourteen hours.
1: And then you come back here and people were like, Oh my God, like you're doing marijuana? Like what in the world? <laughs> like
0: it's like it's such a discon like But luckily around here, like my brother in law just got his medical card. Yeah. Philadelphia and Pittsburgh have decriminalized yep. weed. Like it's breaking steps. Yeah. It's happening uh, it's happening fast. And uh, you talk about the sixties. When I was a kid I used to think like man, I wish I would have grown up in the sixties would have been so awesome. But actually this is the best time yeah. to grow up. Because the walls are falling down. Yeah.
1: The walls are... Like, the 60s was, like... That was, like, right after, like... Si- like, with the civil rights movement and everything, like, people were so
0: freshly awful towards...
1: Mm-hmm. Like, and people still are. Well, but,
0: but back then, like, you could... The, the government rallied against it, and they could shut it down. Yeah. But now, you can't... The, the internet has prevented you from being able to shut things down. Yeah. You can't do it.
1: People were just, like, able to able to communicate with each other and organize and like it's really cool i think that like we're gonna see an insane change and like we're st- we've are we already like think about the since 2000 nuts think about it's been almost 20 years since 2000 <laughs> um, no, like it's nuts like i remember like the freaking nokia cell phones yeah, that perks. were like you pull the antenna out and stuff and like having dial-up like dial-up kids don't want, like it's so funny to think like when you look at like the symbol on like a phone that says like call it's like an actual old like phone that, that <laughs> right. you put. like kids don't even know what that is know what that, yeah it's so wild and it's like we've come so far like if, if you think about from like the 40s to the 70s and then or not the 40s like the the 50s to the 70s mm-hmm. it's like yeah things changed like television there's like the highway system like mm. but like if you think about like from 2000 to now it's like whoa like we're in the point of like a technological renaissance oh my god and
0: dude. yeah and like we're not prepared for it none of us are prepared for it yeah. it's a dangerous we're stepping in, I, and i firmly believe we got to wrap this up soon by the Absolutely. way <laughs> yeah we've been talking for a long time but, but like <laughs> i firmly believe we're st- we're and this is, this is also from listening to lots of people who know m- more speaking to joe rogan like yeah the singularity, you know, like mm-hmm. when we like inters- intersect with technology, yeah. it's coming, like where we're, we're going to have to, and this is what Elon Musk says in this documentary, um, it's, which is called, do you trust this computer? Uh, I suggest everybody watch that because like, he's talking about eventually within well, sooner than we think, probably, you know, 10, 15 years, we're going to have uh, AI super intelligence where it's like, it's Google in their brain and they're just, they're super intelligent so they can't even we can't comprehend how smart they are because they can compute you know a million years worth of information in a second or something Some just ridiculous kind of stuff so he's like we're gonna have to interface with that to keep up so it's like either like talking about going back to a flip phone people are gonna be like "Ah, I don't need to put the chip in my brain I'll be fine and you're gonna kind of need to at some point in time because you're gonna have autonomous technology that is a billion times smarter than you would ever even dream of being. And it can just – we're slaves to it. We, yeah. we already are slaves to it. It's like, like Terminator iRobot or something. Exactly. It's Skynet. It's, it's Terminator yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, and it is. And that, that's that, and thats also what they're talking about. Like, And that's my favorite movie of all time, man. Terminator 2, uh, favorite movie. Sick. Scared me to death when I was a kid. still scares me to this day. James Cameron next summer Termina- He's making he's directing and making the third one. Okay. So like he's he's discounting every Terminator after Terminator two because they were all pretty much crap. The third one was all right, but he's redoing it, and uh, I can't wait because it's like we have been we're, we're going towards this thing, and no. nobody really knows like what's gonna happen. But the people yeah. who are on top, who see it like from the the super intelligent level they're at, are like. There's going to be autonomous machines that have their own. They they replicate and create on their own. Yeah. They they want nothing to do with us because they don't need us. So we're going to have to interface because if we don't, then they're just going to rip us to shreds. Yeah. Like not not physically even just like in, in the workplace or whatever because. We're gonna have to have it all inside of us too, eventually. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I think what? that's so crazy. It's bizarre. Like, bizarre. It's bizarre. I
1: think that, like, it's it's definitely a, it's a it's definitely a scary thing, but it's it's exciting. But it's like, man, like, how can they, like, what if they just like they should just put all the robots to work to like do all the stuff so then we could, like.
0: <laughs> have you seen? Have you ever watched? What is? It? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, the Disney movie. Um, damn it. Uh, Wally, Wally, and yeah, they're all, like fat floating around yeah. in the machines. That's what that's that's kind of sc- yeah. That's I mean, nothing else to do. Dude,
1: it's it's at the point now where it's like, like you said, everything's happening and it's just like you don't realize you're in it. Like we're all kind of like, like you said, oh, I wish I would have grown up in this time. It's like, but this is an insane time period to live in. Like, mm-hmm. like really? Well I'm up. thinking about how my dad's like, oh, I don't know how to work this damn PlayStation. Get this Netflix on. What's that Netflix you got there? I'm like. So I'm going to be, like, 40 and be, like, what I said earlier is, like, how how do you do that? Like, why, what's going on here? Like, I I can't wait to feel, like, I can, but I kind of, like, it's going to be kind of an exciting thing to see, like, wow. Like, this is all a totally new world. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to say that I, like, came, like, grew up during the beginning of it. I'm, like, just right at the, like, I remember when there weren't cell phones. Right.
0: Yeah, I grew half my life without the internet, and then I half with, which is pretty cool. Like that, I saw it. God, when I was like sixteen or seventeen, dial up. You know, it was terrible, and and I thought it was amazing back then. So it's just it's it's mind blowing, and it's also the perspective of like some good example is my nephew. Um, Because he he was, we were talking about something, and he was like, "When was that?" And I said, "Like, well, that was like we we were talking about a band or something." I was like, "Well, that's like 1997. He's like. Like he's like before the two thousands, like, yeah, and he's like you're like, he, he thinks everything. He said something like, everything before two thousand was incredibly lame, which just hilarious to yeah. me. Like that's awesome, dude, that you think that because to him he doesn't even know what the, like what that was. Yeah, that's that's like us thinking of like the eighteen hundreds and being like, yeah. dude, that was a long, that's a long time ago, yeah. man. Seeing the tombstone and the tombstone is like from, the tombstones from like nineteen you know oh eight, and you're like. 1908. What was life like back then? Yeah, like and now it's just that's a kid thinking that the year 2 the year 1999 was like a billion years ago. Yeah. And it technically kind of was like as far as like where we've come. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, let's wrap up because Absolutely. I know you got some stuff to do. Oh, yeah, no worries. And I just got um,
1: an alarm going off over here. Got to take my birth control. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so if if anybody wants to um find out more about you or whatever how do they do that
1: uh, you can find me on facebook instagram twitter um my website my website's walkme.com but um all of my tags and everything are walkney official um if you google walk me it's w-a-l-k-n-e-y everything should come up it's a it's a fairly searchable thing so yeah i'm on youtube every i mean everything you can possibly think of besides like myspace and xanga so yeah com is the one-stop shop though
0: Well, Timberlake owns uh, MySpace now, so he's bringing it back for music, right? Yeah, I think he's trying to be on there.
1: Well, who knows what's happening with Facebook these days? Facebook might get shut down. We might go. The best thing Timberlake could do is like re, like, like re-release MySpace. This is the right time to do it with the exact same interfaces that that it had back in like two thousand six, where it's just like. So many people would get on it just for that. Putting idea. all
0: my favorite band posters on my yeah. page. My page is like eight miles long. The
1: bulletins, <laughs> like doing bulletin <laughs> surveys and like, oh man, Pro, profile songs. That was great.
0: Well, this is a great conversation, dude. We should do it again. <sighs> yeah, super let's, uh, let's Whenever you're back in town, when you're not out there uh, jet setting across the world, All right, let me know. <laughs> I definitely will, man. Thanks for having but me. But congratulations on everything. And honestly, it's amazing to see... Somebody from the area, you know, because central Pennsylvania, not exactly the place of innovation and uh, world-changing <laughs> events. It's nice to see people doing stuff that's really cool and, like, doing their own thing. So, well, congratulations, you, thank dude.
1: Thank you. Don't, don't discount this area, though. We got the, sl- we got the slinky.
0: Right. We do. <laughs> and there's more in Altoona. is coming up, dude. I mean, there's a lot yeah, going on. I'm not, not going to sure. get into that right now. But thank but you, man. Listen to my past yep. podcast. There's a lot of people on here who are doing great things in our area. Uh, so, yeah, thanks, Derek, once again, dude. dude
1: every time it's great thank you man
0: it's just great to know at least for me that we have people like you derek in central pennsylvania who are going to do amazing things and i want to commend him for the amazing things that he is doing uh in central pennsylvania in music in general and just where his life's going to take him because derek it's awesome to have you sit down here and uh, one day i'll look back and be like whoa dude i had derek walkney in my podcast studio that's amazing Uh, Speaking of doing amazing things, if you want to be able to do amazing things with your body, you might want to get involved in yoga because I love yoga. I've been doing it for a couple of years now. It's changed my body. It's helped my mind, my mindfulness, my spirituality expand. But you can use it for really, really anything. Healing your body, making yourself stronger. I, whatever you decide to do with yoga, uh, you can do it to benefit your life. And Harlequin Pepper Yoga will help you get there. 320 Allegheny Street in Holidaysburg. Facebook and Instagram is Harlequin Pepper Yoga. Vinyasa Yoga, rooted in science, focusing on functional movement and anatomical alignment. You can search Harlequin Pepper Yoga in the App Store and Google Play. Shout out to Aaron who makes it happen. Also, shout out to Sports Evolution. So, uh, this is where I take Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Alan Coble, who is a uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu purple belt, also CrossFit certified in levels one and two. He's an NSCA certified personal trainer, certified strength and conditioning specialist. He has his bachelor's in physical education and sports science. Really a physical guru for the body. I don't know what else to say. it. That sounded good though, right? I love Alan. I love Sports Evolution. 2900 Plank Road in Altoona. Go to sportsevolution.net. If you're looking for him on Facebook and Instagram, it's at Leading Athletes, And also to JUICE, J-O-O-S, JUICE in downtown Hollidaysburg. Soon as well in downtown Altoona. 517 Allegheny Street in Hollidaysburg. Uh, Cold-pressed juice and smoothies, super healthy products for your body, plus Jen, who runs the joint, is a sweetheart. Uh, Jen and Juice makes perfect sense, right? Her name's Jen. She runs Juice. Sipping on Jen and Juice. Laid back. Uh, All fresh and made to order. Hot soups as well. Raw vegan baked goods. The Juice Bar. The Juice Bar. J-O-O-S on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you to the sponsors. Thank you to Derek Walkney. Man, what an awesome conversation. Hopefully you are here you listen to the whole thing and I was I was lost in that conversation, man. Lost like in a good way, like where I was just fully in. I was all in, baby. So uh Derek, I'm glad you're all in as well, my friend. Doing big things in the world. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. That's brutal.